Welcome back to another episode of the Scoob College Basketball Podcast. Today, we are dedicating our full episode to grading every single coaching hire to happen this offseason. There were a lot of coaching hires, and one just opened another day was Charlotte, which has not been filled yet, but it was a little odd timing that we tried to plan this episode after all of them were done, and then one opened like the day after we had this episode in plan, but yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice we have three members of the podcast today. We have Kyle Kerr from Mid-Major Basketball on Instagram joining us. This Hello. might be permanent move. This might be temporary. I guess we'll just see from this episode and assess in the future. But as a Penn State grad, how are you liking the addition of DeMarco Dunn today? I'm really excited about it. You know, we already have a good backcourt. Um, it just gives us a lot more depth and flexibility. You know, I wasn't the biggest Nick Kern guy. So, um, honestly, uh, we could probably use him instead of that, or maybe you could start him over Kanye. I don't know. I don't know what we'll want to do, but we could definitely use some more size in the backcourt. Him and uh, Kanye and Ace are probably both like six foot. So, you know, I, I could kind of see us starting. DeMarco but it's just going to be good to see him like actually play <laughs> like you know he was getting 10 minutes a game last year and yeah I'll definitely take him with a roster spot no question in my mind like we probably have like a top six or top seven transfer class right now which is insane to think about rating wise at least um you know coming in I, I had the bar set pretty high like I told people like you shouldn't be you know crying because Scherz is gone like we got a very valid replacement in my opinion we had an upgrade um and it's really proving to be that way <laughs> so far uh, there's definitely a lot of optimism yeah and we will talk about that replacement shortly which is Mike Rhodes but yeah let's just get right into the swing of the podcast grading the hi majors shout out to Matt Norlander for having the whole list that we kind of used uh for categorizing our lists of coaching grades so the first uh hire that we're going to talk about is texas who um more elevated and actually hired rodney terry but i i gave this one a c minus i've said multiple times i do not like this necessarily because terry has not proven um anything in the past really uh dana what are your what did you give this in your grading scale i i think it's just for me it starts at like the and this is one of the first ones i graded and looked at so i i guess i was drawn toward the average and putting this one right down the middle i my average my like true average i call it is not a c but a b minus uh because i i do think that and you and i talked about this in a previous episode good to have the continuity uh, of terry elevating to the, the full-time spot but um, it's just, it's, it's hard to assess the resume isn't as deep because prior, I guess about a year ago at this time, right? Like it is Rodney Terry wouldn't have based on his time at, uh, Fresno state and UTEP wouldn't have really warranted consideration for a job like this, but there's a recent momentum. And I, 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 I do think that it, I, I'm going to say it's about, I'm going to say it's about a lot of coaches. There's a lot of wait and see to this, but since we are grading the hires off the bat, you know, in early in the off season, I'm going to go B minus right down the middle. I don't think. I just I don't want to be overly critical because he he really won his way into this job, so that's why I'm afraid to go C. I'd rather go B minus just because um it's not Texas could have gone quote bigger, uh but I don't think necessarily if it's not broke right it's not I I'd like to see uh 
what a coach Terry can do with the full-time label. So it's funny. You guys gave him a C minus. You got a B plus. I got a C plus. So, um, again, knowing his history from UTEP, which Austin taught me about, you know, I didn't really know much about this guy. You know, I was really, uh, you know, put on to him right away and just saw what he could do. But I mean, any coach with an inherited roster, you got to, you know, take with a grain of salt. You have to see what they're able to do without a lot of returners, without a lot of seniors. You got to see them actually like elevate talent. You got to see them how they are defensively with schemes, things of that nature. And we don't know that yet. And I feel like, you know, with uh, coaches that have this detailed past, like, they're due to regress back to that norm at some point. And I'm, I'm kind of worried that we're going to see that this year with no Marcus Carr um, and a lot of big losses um, that, you know, obviously they did replace them, but they also had like no 2023 recruits, which is, you know, people decommitting. That's kind of a red flag a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Texas won't be bad this year per se, but like, you know, there's definitely a bit of concern there. And I think uh, the Rodney Terry of old shows up a little bit this year. Yeah, I do not love what they've done this offseason with the exception of getting Max Acemas. I mean, they had two five-star recruits committed and they both turned pro. The other transfers I don't love, but yeah, you just have to give him time and see if like some, some people are just like better fits at other places and others. And like Rodney Terry can should be able to get talent i mean you can get talent he got a ton of talent at utep so like we'll just wait and see but i do not like this hire um from an immediate perspective um a better hire i'm pretty sure we all would agree that georgetown hired ed cooley i gave this one a minus i i really like it but th there is some a little bit of skepticism considering like he's never really been amazing at providence like He's been good, but like I think people are maybe showing a little recency bias in this because he's been so much better like the past two years than he had been for his like previous ten or however long he's been at Providence. But I still think this is a great hire. And Georgetown is a place you can definitely win more than at Providence. So I gave this one A minus. For for me, this is an A. This is an A for me, uh, just to jump in. Uh, yeah, I guess there is recency to it, right? Like the recent success at, at Providence influences how we look at Coach Cooley. But I'm thinking about Georgetown's circumstances, the current situation in D.C. What would the doctor prescribe for a program that's suffering from it, – it's struggled mightily in conference play for so long that it's a proud tradition that's been overcome by apathy at, at this point with the fan base. And so Cooley has the personality and the resume to re-engage that group. Um, he – within the conference has been successful uh the ncaa tournament history he, like he hasn't he hasn't exactly like knocked the lights out in the ncaa tournament yet but uh georgetown wasn't going to get like jay wright to come through the door or anything like that you know they weren't going to pull uh the absolute most star-studded name but to make a poaching within the conference to try to revitalize a proud program i think that makes plenty of sense and uh cool coolly if he had st stuck with providence for another season or two he would have had other options as well so Georgetown's timing is good. Um, I think I think there's an A. I, I have a hard time poking holes in this at this point. Uh, yeah, I gave it a B plus. Um, you know, my dad went to Georgetown, and we went to the Big East tournament like a year or two ago. And I just remember uh, we would uh, the whole crowd was like cheering for Ewing and everything. And 
they were even just cheering that the games were close. Like, you know, that was a huge accomplishment for Georgetown. I mean, they were as, as deep down as you can go and to get a really quality power five hire um, who's made the tournament consistently. Like that's all you can ask for. You know, you, you're not going to get like a final four coach or someone who's been to multiple final fours when you're in a position like Georgetown is program wise, uh, not the name it used to be, but still a big name. Like, uh, and of course, you know, he has connections in the DC area. He should be able to recruit from DeMatha really well um in areas like that so um i gave it maybe not an a because you know i gave a lot of a's here uh b and a lot of good grades i have to say um most schools did a really good job with their hires this year um because in years past it's been bad um so but that's foreshadowing but i, I like Cooley def definitely yeah um moving forward to another hire that's on the opposite end of the spectrum for me grading wise uh Syracuse hiring Adrian Autry to replace Jim Beheim. I just don't love that they went inside the family here honestly like I knew that that was inevitably gonna happen but like the way Syracuse has been playing the past few years I don't know if just keeping it in-house is the best move to do um I, there's really a wide range of outcomes, honestly, that can happen with this one. But it would have been nice to see a fresh face, someone that has really like proven they can win because Syracuse could have got a guy that can has proven they can win as a head coach if they wanted to. So, yeah, that's the reason why I'm not super high on this one and gave it a C-. minus. I can see that. I can totally understand that. Uh, things got really dry, stale at the back end of this uh, Bayheim era. But I mean, it, most schools, especially a, a power six, that's like it's the house that Bayheim built in Cuse, right? I mean, he was there for almost 50 years or like there was a story that counted it as 60, like going on 60 years. They That that article must have been doing its math a little bit differently too. But regardless, it's decades on decades. And so more times than not, like that's an unprecedented run in any singular sports organization, like professional or college rank, especially uh, professional is a whole different business, but college athletics, Beheim it was synonymous with Syracuse. So it, to have him retire as he did. And, and I, it was inevitable that you were going to have a handoff to somebody who was an insider. Um, But that I wouldn't necessarily paint Adrian Autry with a bit with a fat brush and say, well, just because he's associated with Syracuse already means he's going to, maintain the status quo, you know, for the orange. He, I think, you know, he's, he's open-minded enough to the point where you'll see Syracuse uh, evolve from the, uh, the two, three defense over time, eventually, you know, and uh, Autry's a, for, a former player you know, at Syracuse. I, I, it, it's, I think maybe there's some wishful thinking on my part. Like I would have been curious to see, you know, what, who, who interviewed if they really cast a wider net, right? Like, I'm not even totally sure. I mean, it's a good job, but like, how how good is it? Like, there hasn't been a search necessary, or there hasn't been a vacancy at Syracuse in, in our lifetimes and in our parents' lifetimes, pretty rough, roughly speaking. So, it's it's um for me, I guess selfishly, I would have been really curious to see who could have who could have gotten the gig a larger name. But for my my ultimate grade is a is a flat B because I don't think I don't think it was really feasible politically to do anything other than promote uh, a, a Beheim era. Uh, somebody who's already already wearing orange so that that's where i stand on it it, it, it may be for better or for worse but i'm not gonna necessarily penalize syracuse the direction it went just because as a mat as a practical matter there was no way they were going to truly stray away from uh, somebody who'd been connected to Beheim before 
Mm, yeah, so I gave him a B minus. I mean, Jim Bay, I am a Syracuse. Um, just nothing is going to change that. Uh, and you know, obviously Carmelo retired. He's kind of Syracuse too. But um, you know, it's just the Syracuse was in such a bad spot. You know, that there used to be a premier powerhouse. You know, I think of Syracuse, I think of them as a Big East. You know, power. Um, and you know, all the interest they probably could have gotten for this job is off the charts. Like this is a job that. You know what? I mean, I'll I'll be crazy if this Jay Wright would actually probably have a little bit of interest in this job. Would he take it? No, but he would definitely be on his list. I actually kind of am open to what Altry can do. Um, you know, he's a player. Um, I do kind of worry maybe he's a little bit stigmatized and like you know uh, has all these Bayheim uh, characteristics to him, which I'm hoping he doesn't because he's done a good job in the portal this year. I'm actually very big on the roster this year. Um, I think they're going to be pretty good and surprise some people, but it's just going to be able to see like, can he recruit when Judah leaves, when Starling leaves, can he really continue to farm around and, you know, find those kind of the the crop, I guess, of talent. Um, And I just don't know. Syracuse is still, you know, a good area for basketball. It's still upstate New York. It still gets really cold. You know, <laughs> it's going to be hard to get people to go there. You know, uh, I think going forward. And the big thing is Adam Weitzman, their NIL guy, uh, recently kind of backed off and the Syracuse chancellor didn't want him doing anything with NIL anymore. So he's out of the equation. And I think going forward, that's going to hurt them because he was able to bring like guys like Jalen Hurts to the Carrier Dome. I've seen all these big names. I'm like, where is Syracuse getting this money from? And I hear this donor is just doing everything. And he could have helped recruiting going forward so much. So um, as long as he's out, I kind of worry about them future-wise. But for this year, I do like uh, where they're headed. Yeah. um, Moving forward to another hire that I am not super high in myself is Kim English, which I also gave a C-, minus. just getting all my bad grades out of the way right now. But um, there are reasons to like him English. He has like a really good personality. People probably are going to want to play for him, but I don't think he, anything he's done as a head coach has proven that he is ready to move up a level. Like he's probably underachieved with the talent he's had in a mid-major league. So elevating him to a pretty, pretty good high major job, I consider Providence is a little questionable for me. Like, I, I just I think he could be good over time. I just don't have any proof that he's a good coach right now and probably would have weighed as a high major school until he won a little bit more because he's a guy that like probably would have ended up at a high major school at some point in his coaching career. I just think it's too soon based on what we've seen. Well, you may say too soon, or you can say it's a big swing on a, on a young hot shot, right? Like every, in the NFL, everybody wants the the young, not product, like not to say prodigy, but just you want to get the young talent first. Like it, it goes for play, players, but it can go for coaching as well. But yeah, so there's there are two sides to that coin. Is what I'm trying to say. For me, I wanted to go. I want. I definitely don't want to go C because I was thinking about C plus, but I get out a lot of B. So I guess I will go C plus, similar to how Austin was describing like it's it, it felt a little bit soon there were just uh two years at, at george mason but he's he's gonna be a good recruiter and providence has a lot to offer providence is a city it's a cool city cool spot really good big east fan base um it, and we talked about coolly what he the job he did at providence in the big east so that foundation's there 
uh, for English to, to piggyback on, not to minimize what English can accomplish in his own right, but it, it's like he's walking into a good situation. It, it's not he's not taking a rebuild. This is a school that lost its coach, but due to its own success. So uh, I'm I'm interested in the fact that I, I I'm confident it's going to be successful, but um, at the at the same time, it it could be it could feel a little bit premature. It, it could feel premature, but. It's one of the grades. I, I hate. I hate to. It probably is too harsh. I don't think it's going to age well. My own grade. I don't think it'll age well because uh, Providence should be just fine. Like I, this. This should work. Um. And from what's re, from what Norlander reports in his summary here, like PC, they they got their guy. Like th this is who they wanted. They wanted Kim English from the jump. So I give him credit for that. Like they didn't stray from. They didn't stray from the guy they zeroed in on. They're able to lure him. Um. From a from a pretty good spot in the DC area. Not that it's a high major, but they're able to pull pull him and. Uh, I just do think that I guess it's hard. It's hard. I, I have a hard time criticizing them because if you tell a school sit on your hands and don't, you know, wait on this story four year old till he, he has a few more years under his belt, somebody else will say we're we're, we're comfortable with him now. We, we don't need to see any more experience before we 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 place our bets on him. So uh, it, it's C plus for me, but I, I cringe in doing it because it, it should it should turn out to be at least a B higher in terms of quality. Um, you know, if you would have asked me this maybe a month or two ago, I would have given another C, but I actually gave a B here because what he's done the last couple months with the players on the team and, you know, how they're really buying in, it seems like word gets out, you know, even after some of these guys graduate, word's going to get out to underclassmen, to recruits that he has of how much of a player's coach that he is. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him in game. I mean, underachieving at George Mason, you know, I had high hopes for him at George Mason. I thought they would be really good and they had good talent there too. So obviously there's where your doubt lies, but again, he should be able to recruit there. Um, and I know I just don't think, I think it's, I put it as a B because I think it's going to age well, it's going to age better than, um, it is right now. Maybe, um, they still, of course, do have Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter, but, um, going forward, they should really have a really good pipeline of talent from the Northeast area, from Boston areas like that. And they should be able to recruit, recruit just fine. And I think, uh, again, they got their guy before, uh, other suitors are going to get involved. So I think it was a pretty smart move by Providence. Yeah. One thing that Kim English did this offseason that I really like is getting Garway Duell to recommit to Providence, which you don't see too often when players decommit and recommit following a coaching change. And he is viewed as like an NBA prospect um, on according to some. And so it's pretty notable that he was able to get him away from Georgetown and to stay at Providence. So that is one thing that I really like. But a, a lot of the transfers he's gotten in the past are just like guys that he has connections with. Like, I do worry that, like, I mean, I think he will be a good recruiter, but like, like the guys, like obviously Oduro, Gaines, Fernandez are all guys that just like came with him, like. And George Mason, you got like Victor Bailey, who he previously coached, got Deshaun Schwartz, who I believe he previously coached. So time will tell if he's able to just like recruit random guys. But I I do think that this is another one where like so many different scenarios could happen. And I could definitely see this turning out to end up being a really good hire like 10 years down the line. Um, Moving on to Kyle's former coach. Micah Shrewsbury, who is now the head coach at Notre Dame. I gave, I gave this a B plus. I I like this. Um Shrewsbury is an Indiana guy. He's 
not a Pennsylvania guy. So he he's coached at so many different jobs within the state of Indiana. So that'll definitely help his recruiting in the state of Indiana will definitely show in that. Um, I might've been a little persuaded by the, how he's put the roster together so far this year, as in not bumming him up to maybe that a minus level, because right now they're like terrible, but I, I do think they will be good be, in uh, the future because he has young talent just like if, if I like if they don't get anyone else this year, that's like really good. Like they could be like bad, but he will be a good hire over time. Yeah, this 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 resides in a range for me, but I have an A plus coming up, so I can't like go overly crazy. Like I can't I, I I'm trying to keep the big picture in mind I in my grade book here. I'll. God, I'm trying to make it make sense <laughs> all, all, when you all line them up together, but this this feels a minus to me. Like it, it, and I don't even know. Minus is just for the sake of it. It's really hard to totally ace it. And I, I know I gave an A to Georgetown, so like maybe it's easier to get an A as a school if you're like really, really in the dumps and struggling. And I, I give you credit for just for pulling a name. Um, but Notre Dame, not known as a basketball school, but to get an established name, uh, like Micah Shrewsbury, big deal. You touched on Indiana native. That's big. Um, work experience under Matt Painter and, and Brad Stevens. You have to like that. Um, the, just the job done it. And Kyle, I won't even go long in this one because Kyle can obviously speak about the success at Penn State. But yeah, that that means a lot. I, I, that makes a ton of sense. Like going from one uh, football school to another and ha- having having had success on the basketball uh, court, it it's it's a big win. It's a big win. Now Notre Dame undergoes an AD transition uh, with this recent news uh, about Swarbrick. But I think. Shrewsbury is going to be the, the total pro, and this 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 should pan out. Um, it, yeah, I I don't have much more to say to that. I know Kyle. We, we're always waiting to hear what Kyle has to say about it because he'll give us the greatest scoop. But I I I don't think I'm going to quibble too much about this one. It it's it's hardly far off from an A for me. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> if you would have asked me this again two months ago or something, I probably would have given it like an A or something, but how he's kind of gone about roster construction this year kind of worries me a little bit for the future. Um, He's just, you know, he's, and I know it's a son's class. Braden is a son. He's a four star. He's a good player. Uh, He played at state high right next to state college. Um, But he's just saying that, you know, these guys don't need veterans to help them and just, we're just going to throw them into the fire into a, three, four win likely season in turn in ACC play. And I just, you know, I feel like they can benefit from some veterans from the transfer portal that they can work and learn behind. Um, I just don't love that philosophy. I hope it's not, I hope it's not something that uh, continue going forward. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just a one year thing. He knows these guys in his son's class and things of that nature. So, you know, maybe he trusts them to just throw them right into the fire. But I think going forward, he's going to need to attack the portal more. He's going to need to emphasize. And he had a great portal year last year. So I was kind of like, why did he kind of, you know, just disappear this year? But it definitely took me took me by surprise. But going forward, he will be fine. Like you said, um, knows the area inside and out, um, you know, has all this experience under NBA uh, head coaches and uh, yeah, going forward, he'll be fine. I gave it a B minus um, just because this year I'm a little concerned and maybe going forward his philosophy of the transfer portal. Cause 
I think every coach needs to attack it. I think every coach needs to utilize it uh, to build your team's experience and to, you know, get that veteran presence on your team to uh, groom your young talent as well. Yeah, we are in uh, June and Julian Roper is their best player, which is a little bit of a red flag this late in the offseason. But moving along, uh, Texas Tech hired Grant McCaslin. I give this one a. I love McCaslin. McCaslin, just he can really win wherever he is. He's not like the most like fun guy. Like he's not gonna win the press conference. Like he's not gonna be hyping up the crowd like that. But he he can coach, especially on the defensive end. Where he has consistently been one of the best defensive coaches in the country at a mid major. So. He will 100% win there. Like, I just don't see any situation where this doesn't end up working out. He he is a phenomenal coach. I'm giving this an A. Well, that segues well because this was my A+. Plus. This was my A+. Plus. Like, I, you and I have talked about McCaslin before, Austin. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan too. Uh, yeah, I, this is A+, plus for me. So, with – I know Texas Tech has been without Chris Beard for a few years now. Um, but – I think back to like Chris Beard, he did win games there. He and his personality was like the, the bigger, more like upscale personality marketing the program. McCaslin doesn't have to beat like he doesn't have to win the press conference like uh, you're alluding to Austin. He'll be able to by winning at least 20 games in most most seasons. He'll, he'll do just fine in terms of uh, marketing uh, to his uh, new fans in Lubbock. So there there are there are resources he can tap into. Um, NIL, I don't think will be a problem at Texas Tech. I just think Texas Tech overall is an athletic brand. Uh, has risen in, in recent years. Um, I mean, last last season, winning the NIT, over 30 wins, just that he clearly has cachet within Texas, and also he has a chance to build it nationally, you know, be coaching in the Big 12. Um, this this It'll be a new challenge for him, but the way he's trending, he looks to be up for it. So, uh, yeah, this was my this was my ace hire for, for A+. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can't have this as an A. Um, you know, he checks all the boxes. Um, maybe if I'm to nitpick, because I am a nitpicker. Um, offensive scheme-wise, going forward, I think he is room to grow as a coach. But then again, at North Texas, he didn't have a crazy amount of talent at the guard spot besides Perry, who was a little undersized, and he turned Perry into the best player possible for his height. I mean, the way he goes after defensively, the way he can create off the bounce. Um, I think he will be a coach that will benefit from making that extra jump and getting, you know, higher tier talent um, at Texas Tech. So I think that'll help him as an offensive coach. But as a defensive coach, I mean, he's top, top five, top 10 in the country. Um, you know, his schemes, they just play tight, man-to-man, physical defense. Um, that's going to carry over right to the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 is probably the most physical conference and has been in the years past. Uh, the SEC is making a run for it, but, uh, I mean, hey, uh, he's going to fit right there, and he's going to fit Texas Tech like a glove. Yeah, um, North Texas, like, hadn't been really a good program until he got there, and they were pretty much like a borderline bubble team every year he was there, or the past few at least. So he can absolutely win. And another coach that can absolutely win is Rick Pitino. I gave this one an A+. I believe I only had three A-pluses a cycle, but, like, you, you just can't get any better than Patino. Like, he, he is, like, he's one of the best coaches of all time in college basketball. And coming off of Mike Anderson, who's just, like, the most mediocre coach of all time, this is 
this is an amazing hire. Patino, like the roster is already so much better. Like these are guys that can really win together, I believe. Like there's just nothing better they could have done. And it sounds like he actually wants to stay there for like a little while, not just like two years and then turn the program over. I think he has like five, six year contracts. So he'll be there to build a program for a while and and hopefully get like the people of New York actually interested in St. John's basketball again. Like I believe that he will like have them going to tournaments like every single year. He's this is they couldn't have done better. I okay, so I agree with you in a number of ways. My only disagreement is that I don't I don't think this this will necessarily be the last job he he takes. Like I, I do think if he re- totally turns around St. John's, there'll be another school who wants a piece of that action before he ultimately hangs it up. And it'll be a bigger school who isn't who might not even who might even be outside the Big East. Like I I but that's the only thing that I pause about. But that doesn't have to do with the Johnnies particularly. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. But in the big picture, yeah. So there's risk here, but you in the risk reward calculation, the reward, the likelihood of having a high reward is makes it worth the jump. So this is A for me. Not doing A plus because that I reserved that from the Catholic a minute ago. And I didn't want I, I can't dilute the A plus too much. But yeah, as I was going through this, uh, Patino stu- stuck at A for me. Uh, similarly to my thoughts about Georgetown needing needing a big name to really really put a jolt in things that this is exactly that this is the, the, the dictionary definition of that um but i mean he, they they should be in the conference title picture I, I i don't want to put too hard and fast a timeline on him but in the first not not immediately year one but the way the way rosters can turn over in a single offseason with the portal in the first couple seasons like year two i'd expect to see you know easily upper half of the conference so uh, the the location being back in Madison Square Garden, uh, Patino seem, seemingly having a concerted effort to put St. John's back, you know, in the headlines in New York and make it a more relevant program just in the wider sports scene of the city. That's interesting to me. So, yeah, this this gets an A for me. There's some with some trepidation, but Chris Beard got a job too. Like inevitably, uh, there were each of these guys was going to uh, have a home. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with the A uh, for Patino. Yep, uh, I gave it an A plus. I mean, I just think there's this is the perfect hire on every single scale. Um, my dad uh, grew up in Queens as a St. John's fan, pretty much. So he tells me about how insane their fan base was growing up, and you know, just being at the Big East tournament, they always show out and they always have all this talent, and then it just falls apart in some way, shape or form. And it's usually because of the coach, the coach is Steve Lavin, Chris Mullen. I mean, they've had Mike Anderson, they've had some really bad coaches come through there. Um, And now you finally get Rick Pitino, somebody who knows New York basketball, someone who has a house in Long Island, you know, that I think it's going to be his last job. I think he's going to retire. I think he wants a good commute, wants to see his family a lot. Um, obviously he'll get all the interest in the world if he turns St. John's around, but, um, you know, I think he'll finally get St. John's, um, at that next level. Um, I love what he did with the roster this year. Jordan Dingle is one of my favorite players in all of college basketball. I mean, I went to see him play at the Palestra once this year and I was just blown away. Um, he's such a fundamental game. He's so under control, um he's just going to do magical things at the power five level one of my uh good friends actually he's training him right now so um they're doing a really good job with him i love rj Luis. um they got soriano coming back 
uh, in terms of recruiting, uh, the New York Catholic League's not what it used to be, but like you can still get guys from Christ the King, St. Anthony's. Like he's going to recruit the local area as good as anybody. Um, but then again, when you're Rick Patino, you're recruiting knows no boundaries. Um, he can recruit from anywhere, and he's shown that this year. He's gotten talent from everywhere, and his interest in a ton of guys. So I just think it's the perfect hire. Yeah. Well, did did you see that they might get Simeon Wilcher? Oh, you know what? I did see that. He decommitted de- from North Carolina, right? He did. Um, and then St. John's is like leading the pack for him, apparently. He's he's going to reclassify to 2023, isn't he? Uh, I think he's been 23. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, I thought he was a reclassified guy. But, I mean, that's just another guy on the bench. I mean, and that's the one thing maybe you could get at. But, I mean, St. John's depth-wise is definitely improving, too. And hopefully Dennis gets a waiver. Um, because then that team is looking extremely good. Yes. Um, moving on to another hire that I am really high in as well. It is Damon Stoudemire, hired by Georgia Tech. Um, this name is a little off the board, like on on most college basketball fans' radar, because he hasn't done like a ton in college basketball. But like, I really like what he did, he did at Pacific with like Jaleel Tripp, like. That those teams were like really good compared to like what they should have been like, and then he went to the NBA with his Celtics. Like, I mean, he wasn't the head coach, but like he partially led them to an NBA Finals. Like, that's probably pretty appealing to recruits that you've coached, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and like have all that experience. And some of the pickups that he's got this class, I don't love, but some of them I do like this, this roster is not here right now, but like he, he will make Georgia tech good. And like Georgia tech is another place you can win. Like it's not impossible to win there. It's like in Atlanta, you can get good talent there. It just hasn't really lately. Passner is pretty much underachieved like this whole tenure. So I think I think Stoudemire is like a really good coach. So yeah, A for me. Yeah, this this is an easy B B plus for me, and I don't think Georgia Tech could have done any better than getting a a B plus kind of a guy. And I'm not taking trying to take a slight at the Yellow Jackets or anything, but like while we acknowledge the Atlanta location is uh, a great one, you know, for uh, the recruiting area, it, most of those like top end elite recruits aren't just Tech's not going to be their first choice either. It's like it, what what the skills are going to come from this hire. What Stoudemire brings in is you know, that's experience at Pacific, you know, getting the kind of talent that not everybody else is seeing, not, not, not calling all those guys at Pacific diamonds in the rough, but like a little more under the radar. Uh, and we saw how far Pacific fell off after uh, Stoudemire went back to the NBA. So like, okay. So he clearly made a difference at a place. That it is hard. Like it's tricky to win at Pacific and it's tricky at Georgia tech. So Georgia tech wasn't punching above, above its weight with this hire. It, the search stayed pretty grounded, uh, this didn't leak at all. Like this is, we would say, oh, here we go. This is this is who they've zeroed in on uh, when they announced the hire. So, um, I I I I'm very like happy to give us a B plus. Like it's 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 similar to what I was speaking about with English. Like the depth of college experience. Like there isn't a lot of a ton of resume to go on. But like to have come from the NBA ranks and be able to say, look, like I know Georgia Tech. Like when he's talking to recruits, I know Georgia Tech. You know, might not, might not be like what you associate with like dreams of playing ACC basketball. But at the same time, I coached. Tatum and Brown and like I've worked with really really I know what elite play looks like you know at the highest level of basketball so and then there and there are a bunch of guys who have coached pro who can say that but 
addition to that Celtics experience, the experience of working with a, a program that had to really, really battle to earn its way into the you know upper upper portions of of Kempom at Pacific. I I think that stands for something too. So I like this all the way around. I I I give it a B plus, and maybe you could say, oh well, why not like crack it all the way up to an A? Like I just don't. An A for me is more is more like reserved for a sure thing. And so I can't necessarily put that in this category, but at the same time, this, this, this is, this definitely like inspires me. Like this is, this, this, this is something that I'm going to be keeping track of. See, I gave him an A plus. Um, I, I'm really confident in him and, you know, just, I follow the NBA pretty well. Um, just looking at the Celtics, other assistants, uh, Joe Mazzola, who I don't like at all. Um, and <laughs> yeah, other, other guys, of course I'm a Sixers fan, but I just don't think he's a really good coach at all. I really think Damon was one of the architects behind those teams. Um, and, and, and it showed, you know, when the, he was with them and they went all the way to the finals and they were an early exit this year. Uh, you know, not having those kind of guys uh, that can help your guards develop and things like that can hurt an NBA team. And I think uh, my sister goes to Georgia Tech, so I was just down there. Um, the facilities are nice. It's a great campus. It's right downtown. They should have no problems getting talent. We just saw, you know, that Georgia is able to get talent now. Um, Atlanta is a good recruiting bed. It's got a lot of basketball talent. Um, they will be good uh, going forward. Yeah, obviously, you know, people might think, oh, they're going to be amazing year one. I don't love the roster either. Um, even in a weak ACC, I think they'll still do pretty good. There's some pickups that I like. There's some that I don't. Um, but the fact that he was even able to get like some of the talent that I saw this year, that was kind of like off the beaten track that you never see Passner get or anything like that. Although he had a couple good recruits come through there over the years, but, um, it's just the wide range of talent and connections that he has. Um, it's just really going to, I think, take Georgia tech to an entirely new height. Um, you know, even more than the, uh, the Jose Alvarado days or uh, that year when they made the, uh, round of 32 and we're pretty good but uh yeah no i think this just puts them on a really good uh track going forward yeah um Ole miss hired chris beard which i kind of struggled to do this like i was kind of determining whether i wanted to include like what happened at texas in my grade but ultimately i decided not really to because i feel like that's the first like thing that's uh, negatively happen like with him if there's like another thing like that would be really concerning but I still ended up giving this an A because like I think from just like a purely basketball perspective like this is another one where you just couldn't have done any better and like this this is like a great pull honestly because like if Chris Beard wasn't coming off all these like scandals and stuff like he would not even look at Ole Miss so and it's probably going to be hard for another school like to get him because there's always going to be those questions. So as long as he stays out of trouble, I'm giving this an A. He's a phenomenal basketball coach. Uh, I see. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm feeling you. But as I go into this, this grade, this was what, this was my least favorite to do. I have Chris Beard fatigue now from her, from her earlier episodes. Cause it's just such a, such a conflict on and off the floor. Um, I mean, we do, we do know charges were dismissed, um, following, uh, the arrest on felony domestic violence charges back in December. I mean, the police report associated with that is still going to follow him. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to like, I mean, again, I put on the caveat already, like we had that legal outcome, but even so, like, 
you have to, that's part of this picture when you talk about, okay, hiring a head coach is going to lead, you know, all the student athletes between 18 and 20, 18 and 22 years old. Like it's, it's just something you have to, you have to account for, but like his, the way Beard has ascended as a, just a, as a basketball coach in his career, like he's, he's been one of the biggest risers in the, in the sport. And so the fact that he winds up at Ole Miss, which is one of the least attractive jobs in, on the basketball side in the SEC, like on paper, like it, it's a boon for Ole Miss. It's a boon for Ole Miss. Uh, I think you don't make this hire unless you're confident that you you're you're putting a lot of trust in Beard and that you're putting trust on your just infrastructure what you have in place. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead. I can't give it an A just because of the just because of the questions off the floor. Like just the, and again, I don't want I don't make it sound unfair because we do have an outcome from the legal process that that con concluded. But that doesn't that doesn't wipe everything away for me. Like it's just it's a lot of. It's a lot of uh, uh, a lot hovering over him, so I, I I drop it to B. But it's 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 such it's still I don't blame Ole Miss for making this move. It's just I uh, it, it it's not it's not my cup of tea. It's because it's it's so it's so soon. Like this wasn't all that long ago <laughs> that we just got the 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 charges dropped. So um, yeah, I I struggle with it. I struggle with it because everything you said, Austin, makes perfect sense to me. Um, style of play. I mean, it's it's being a head college basketball coach, especially on the on both the men's and women's sides now, is so much more than just you know the X's and O's. Like he's especially in the NIL era, like Beard is the face of the franchise. He can be a CEO type. Um, he's a great marketer of a program. Clearly, his own actions tarnished the brand of Texas, and that's why that ended. But yeah, my rambling answer here because it's hard for me to get it's hard for me to get into like, even try to focus myself on this because there's so many ways you can turn with it. But I go to B, but I. It's um, it's it's not it's not out of on the floor reasons. Yeah, I went with an A. Um, you know, I just uh, <clears throat> definitely a school like Ole Miss getting a guy like Chris Beard. Like, who would have ever thought? Um, I feel like huh, these allegations were the best thing that happened to Ole Miss. Like, there's no way they would get him without that. And you know, the interest was a little bit spotty. Um, you know, with other teams for taking it with a grain of salt, and Ole Miss just swiped in and just grabbed him. You know. Um, I, I think they did a really good job there. Um, you know, all from his days in Little Rock, you know, he succeeded in small markets. He succeeded in big markets. Um, I think at a smaller school, you know, away from, you know, the big media attention over this will kind of help him uh, basketball wise to just focus on uh, elevating a program that needs it. I mean, Ole Miss has been awful on under uh their last coach, who I always just blank on, he was brutal. Herman Davis. Herman Davis was, you know, I didn't think he was that bad uh, right away. But then the more and more I watched, like offensively and, you know, defensively, they would just, they would, they'd be doing great in a man to man defense, right? And then all of a sudden, since he has this obsession with his 1 3 1, he'll just switch to the 1 3 1. And then Tennessee, I remember before the first half ended, Tennessee would score like four straight baskets after they were playing great man defense, just because, you know, he loves his gimmick zones. So I love, you know, Beard being the fundamental defensive coach. They're not going to just be crazy defensively scheme wise they're just gonna play straight up man um and i think he's a much better offensive coach than kermit, kermit davis that was his biggest knock as a coach and uh you know the way that chris beard got all of his players to come back from kermit everyone returned pretty much um they got all these transfers some of them need waivers but uh I mean, obviously, even this year, if they get those waivers cleared, they could easily be in the tournament picture. I mean, 100%. Um, and going forward, they most certainly will be. So I think it's just a great hire.
Yeah. Um, moving forward to Mike Rhodes, who I know you will have a lot to say on, but I gave this a B. Um, the fit is honestly a little weird here. Um, it's not like terrible. It's just a little weird. Um, but Rhodes is like, he, he can win. And I don't think he'll have any problem winning at Penn state. Well, I don't know. P- Penn state's a hard place to win. But I think he can like kind of carry on what Shrewsbury had been doing, like maybe like be like consistent, like ten seed, or in that range. That would be ideally what you'd want to have at a school that's not really focused on basketball. And yeah, like I do kind of like the transfer class. It was looking a little bland, but it's as time went on, it started to pick up more steam, and they got some good later pickups in the cycle. But yeah, um, VCU sends a lot of coaches uh, up to like the high majors, and yeah, Rhodes should be successful, as have uh, the last two in Will Wade and Shaka Smart. I I want to defer to Kyle. I think Kyle has to go before me on this one. I I want to be I gotta be gentlemanly here, especially ah, Kyle's first time enough. on the show. Come on, Kyle. I want to enjoy you to jump in. Um, you know, Mike Rhodes is actually you know he grew up playing um at Penn State. He's from Lebanon County, so um that's where his house is. So I really feel like he does fit here. You know, he's not gonna go for a bigger job, which we had to kind of worry about with Shrews, and it's exactly what ended up happening. Um, so that's really important. Um, I obviously love him as a defensive coach and I just as like a high energy guy, you know, even last year with Shrews, like, I'll be honest, there were times where we were really lacking energy wise when we got destroyed at the rack by 30, um, and games like that, where I'm like, this team is just, you know, they're, they're kind of sleepwalking right now. And that's just not going to happen under Mike Rhodes. Mike Rhodes' teams are always engaged. Um, They really don't go into like lulls at all. And I just love this class. The Icelandic kid is probably my favorite out of anybody. Um, I watched like a couple minutes of highlights on him. And I'm like, where did he find this guy? Like he's coming to Penn State. I'm like, it's just it's the kind of guy I love to have here. Like a guy's quick off the dribble. He's shifty. Um, it hurt to see Seth declare, but um, he's risen up dry, uh, draft boards like crazy um, the last week or two. So it's really good to see for him, um, someone who uh, played in the Philly Catholic League and played against him. So it was, it, it's, it's really full circle to see him really getting there. Um, so really good for him. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for the future with Ace Baldwin. Um, love, love the Ace at VCU. And, uh yeah, no, I like most of the class, and I think going forward he should be able to recruit well because he has uh, Phil Martelli's son on the staff as well. So you have a direct Philly pipeline there. I think the assistants are much better than even the ones Shrews had. So um, that's where uh, you know the hire really gets me uh, excited. That's a good point about I, I something I I certainly overlook. Like I'm 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 a culprit of this is like overlooking the ability of the newly hired head coach to formulate a staff that. That really makes a difference in recruiting and can and can you know, support. Uh, I mean, this isn't the case with Rhodes, but in the case of a first-time head coach, like I think we should spend more time looking at the staff and kind of gleaning, you know, what what you can infer there. But uh, as for Rhodes, very very solid B for me. VC like at some point, I don't want to associate Rhodes just with VCU and say he'll work out just fine because it's a VCU onto a P six job. But like the institution VCU clearly has readied coaches for for this kind of move. So I, I think it's a high mark for him to come from. 
uh, that program. Uh, so I like that. But no, it, to his own credit, the, the style of defense uh, that that Rhodes is, we saw him run at VCU, uh, kind of that pressure, more, more frequent pressure, extended pressure. The Big Ten teams might not be as used to that in conference play on a on a regular basis. I I talked with Austin about that on a previous episode. I forgot it, to on touch the, on that. Yeah, Thank you. on this podcast, like I I spoke with a, a Big Ten administrator after. Yeah, it was after March Madness because it was kind of came up of like, hey, like, what you know, is, what's the conversation like at the conference level? Like, geez, is there a scratching of heads? Like, how this happens? How these upsets have happened? And in March, you know, it, when you run into a team who happens to really be in your face, high level pressure across the floor for the majority of the game, the Big Ten is a little more like traditional pace of play in the regular season. So, Penn State, Mike Rose, does does Rhodes bring that to Penn State and does that kind of shell shock? Not totally shell shock, but does that catch some teams off guard? Uh, early on you and Kyle you want to talk about that kind of tempo issue yeah so that's another thing right when I saw the hire I'm like the Big Ten tempo wise is so hard to watch like uh, Rutgers Northwestern (laughs) oh I I can't watch those games man like and it's not that just the defenses are good the off it's more of the offense is just being bad like there's no ball movement everyone's just trying to post up everyone like the two guards are trying to post up bigs because you know they can't beat anyone off the dribble it's, just, it's stuff that's really hard to watch, but, um, you know, with Mike Rhodes and honestly, uh, the Big Ten doesn't see a lot of full court presses. I think that's something we will do a lot of, um, even like quarter uh, court traps and things like that, half court traps, things that are really throw Big Ten teams like a Wisconsin, uh, a Rutgers and things like that, you know, out of their rhythm. And that's something even Shrews really didn't do. You know, we really kind of, sat back in zone or man. I mean, he was a good defensive coach, but, um, you know, as our personnel kind of changed this year, his defensive prowess went away for most of this year. Um, it really kind of disappeared completely. And I know uh, Rhodes, uh, I trust a lot more to just be more of a consistent defensive coach. Um, so, you know, I really love what he brings tempo wise, especially. Yeah, we have one more high major hire to touch on before we get into all of the mid majors, and that is Mark Matson, who was hired by Cal. I give this an A. Honestly, probably could have gotten A plus, but since he didn't have high major experience as a head coach, I decided to play it a little safe. Not that an A is safe because I still think this is a great hire. Like he really elevated Utah Valley, and Cal has been like terrible. Like. It's just been a like a joke of a program ever since the like uh Jalen Brown year. Like it, there's just been nothing going there. And I think Madison will have some energy back into the program because I mean the roster they've assembled, like we talked about last week on the uh our portal winners as they won them. I mean, they got like Fardas, Jalen Tyson, Jalen Cohn, like all those guys, it's like just so much more talent than Mark Fox was ever able to get, which is pretty noteworthy. One thing on Madsen, I do think when Stanford opens, he will leave, which should be next offseason. Stanford needs to get rid of Haas, but so that's a possible concern I have, but I still give this an A because this, considering where Cal has been, this is a phenomenal hire. Yeah, yeah, like I with these grades, I enjoyed kind of okay, needing to put it in perspective. Uh, Cal's not just on the floor, but every single podcast mentioned like realignment to Austin. I'm like a geek about that. Like, Cal is not the actor in realignment, it's Cal's like the passive party. Like, it 
Cal's going to have things happen to it rather than being the one who's leaving the Pac-12 like by its like Cal is not Colorado where we they, we can envision them picking up and leaving and taking matters in their own hands athletically. So uh, there are academic limitations like getting kids into school and then you don't know what the Pac-12 is going to look like. You don't know where you're going to be. Um, so the fact that Cal like has that preventing it from selling itself uh, to the fullest possible extent, getting a really strong mid-major coach is a, is a, is a good deal. Um, and that's in to snag him before Stanford can get its hands on him as Austin's talking about. I think that's a good deal. Like why, why not? Why, why, why assume that he's going to wait for Stanford? Like it makes plenty of sense to uh, use your Bay area ties at another school and, and, and uh, have on your resume, a turnaround at Cal. So for me, this is this is actually goes in the A territory. Similarly, because of Georgetown, um, it's going to go to A minus for me just because I'd like to see like not criticism of Madsen, but the the I, what how much can he accomplish before Stanford inevitably gets in the picture? Like I'm not totally sure, but um, you know, Fardall's Amax in the uh, is, is somebody who's been coached by by Madsen. Um, you know, Utah Valley had good years with him, so. Uh, I, I do think that this is a good move. It's it's just one of the most feasible ones you could have for Cal. They maximize what they could do. And yeah, I, I'm happy to give it an A. But again, thinking the picture of McCaslin, like I'm sure that's going to work and that's going to have a really high ceiling. Thinking of Cooley, I think that can work as far, as far as not just rebuilding Big East play, but deeper in the NCAA tournament. I don't know that I can picture Cal necessarily like as quickly working its way back into being a real national force. But in the region, Ton of makes a ton of sense to kind of get some cows and respect in the region, uh, which it did not have on the floor last season. I wanted to go a plus as I love their transfer portal class, but you know, then I, I moved it back to a B plus because you know, I know the inevitability that Jared Haas is going to be gone next year, unless some um, Christmas miracle happens down at Stanford with their Christmas trees and everything. But you know, until that happens, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be there for this year. And I think they're going to – I have them making the tournament. I, I think they will surprise people and be the last team in in the pack. I think I love Jalen Tyson. Um, you know, I love uh, Keandre Kennedy. He was a solid pickup as well. Um, you know, I liked a lot of what they did. Uh, it would have been nice to get his ease, but, uh, you know, they uh, since he snagged him. But, uh, you know, I, I like a lot of what Mark Matson does defensively sometimes, but he's more of an offensive coach. Uh, you know, he, like, he likes to run a lot of good sets for his guards. It would have been nice to see Woodbury uh, there, too, because he's, you know, a great decision maker, but he's out of eligibility. So I think he got his waiver denied or something like that. So, yeah, no, I, I think uh, Matson will be really good this year. I hope he can stay there. I really do because uh, Cal is a uh, – it's a solid basketball school if you can, you know, really start to win there. You know, they just have no interest in it right now. Um, there is interest from the fans in Cal basketball. There is. You just have to kind of reignite it a bit and put a spark into it. I remember I seen a picture of a – Dylan Brooks, back when he was at Oregon, I'd never seen the uh, the pavilion there, the Haas pavilion, that filled ever. I'm like, how the heck was that, like, sold out? So, like, they can do it. Um, you know, they just got to put a winning basketball team on the floor, as, uh, you know, as the answer is for a lot of programs. Yeah, so that concludes our uh, high major portion of the episode. Um, Mid-majors, we're not going to talk as much about every individual hire, partly because uh, – we have a limit on how much we have Dan here as he has a uh, another podcast to record tonight. But yeah, we'll still talk about all of these and get them in. So 
without further ado, let's go into them with American, who hired Dwayne Simpkins. I gave this one a C. I did not love that he hadn't really been on any um, teams as an assistant before. It had really won that much. And so that uh, I didn't like it from that perspective. But on the plus side, the reason to like him is because he's worked at a lot of jobs in that DMV area. And I mean, you're obviously not going to get like the good DMV guys, but like some other like solid mid-major DMV guys could potentially be making their way to American with how much Simpkins has been in that region. So yeah, not super high and higher, but also like, I just don't know a ton about him. So that's another reason why that grade might be lower than it should. So solid to see for me. As as somebody who resides in, I don't reside in the DMV. I mean, I got, I could if I made, I mean, Kyle will come out on this. I, you sound like an East Coast guy, Kyle, but like it's not Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. It is DC, Maryland, Virginia, but I'm still right next door to the true DMV. So like, it, <laughs> I, and most of these mid-major jobs in the DMV, it's important to have uh, a head coach with ties, some kind of ties, or if not have a staff that can constitute a lot of ties to schools in, in the region and, and experience recruiting a really, a really solid area. Uh, DMV is a good spot for mid-major basketball. So um, it, it, this perfectly makes perfect sense to me. Like I, I have to give it a B because it makes, it, it checks out perfectly. Um, and it, it, I don't, I don't see like a major flaw with it. Uh, it was on Kim English's staff at, at George Mason originally just from Maryland. Uh, American is not even like the biggest name in DC because you of course have the George Washington revolutionaries already in the picture at the A10 level in DC. But uh, yeah, I think Dwayne Simpkins could could be one of the best coaches in the Patriot League, like in in not in in pretty short order. Like I, this makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, no, I give it a I give it a B minus. Um, you know, as far as these mid major schools go, you know, geographically, uh, you got to get somebody from the area. Um, it's going to be very unlikely you're p- pulling recruits at American from California or Texas. You know, you got to recruit in your set area. You need uh, you know, somebody who has deep roots in that area, and to get somebody from Kim English's staff, uh, George Mason. Uh, who did a pretty solid job there uh, on the staff there. So, I mean, it's really all you can ask. And I think with a lot of these um, mid-major schools, it's important to stay in-house. You know, you really can't – they can't take that risk of going outside of house because they're not going to find anybody. <laughs> um, So, you know, it's important to stay in-house. It's important to keep uh, growing the coaching tree that they have uh, with certain staffs and things like that. So uh, I think American did good. And, again, you know, the Patriot League – not exactly a great league so he's gonna be pretty high up there as far as coaches go in that league so uh yeah no as far as that goes uh yeah no american should be pretty solid going forward yeah going forward to one of my favorite hires of the cycle in brian hodgson uh for arkansas state if this was graded solely on the portal class is this offseason he would get an a plus plus but because I have questions about like how good of a coach he actually is, because I think that's something that's also very important as just as important as actually getting the talent and coaching it. So those, so I only gave an A, which only gave an A is probably a little, yeah. But um, yeah, I still love this. Like he was Alabama's like recruiter. Like he he's gonna get guys, and he has got guys. Um, yeah, we'll just see if it works out on the court like that, but I really love this offseason. Like, they've had 
one of the best offseasons in college basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an A for me as well. And like accounting, you, you already talked about the A plus plus offseason. Uh, this this was it was an anticipated move um, coming from Alabama. Like good staff to come from the Oats Tree. Um, I'm about I'm about it. It's an Arkansas State program that has not made the NCAA tournament in my lifetime. And Kyle, you outnumber Austin me. I guess by a few years, but it, still, I, it's been a, it's been a good while um, for since Arkansas State's been in the in, in the dance, but. The Sun Belt, one thing I know about the Sun Belt is doing a lot to try to improve its basketball uh, reputation, trying to strengthen its position in terms of ratings and all of that as it stacks up with the rest of Division One. Um, but in the meantime, it's a gettable, it's a get a gettable league as I see it. And this is a really good, really good choice to try to position Arkansas State for the next generation of that that conference's basketball. So all around, it gets the A for me. Yep, triple A's. Um, so it gets an A for me. Um, there's so many Alabama assistants that were hired in this cycle. So, um, you know, I think there's three at the mid-major level alone. Um, this guy's, you know, great recruiter. You can see with this portal work, they got some, anytime you can bring in town from Buffalo. Um, obviously Buffalo hasn't had the best coaches of, of the last couple of years, but they always bring in town. There's one thing about Buffalo. So, uh, I forget the dude's name, but they got him in and they got a ton of other guys. They got, a Freddie Hicks from Tarleton, who I love, um, six six combo guard, good on both ends. Um, you know, the Sun Belt is one of my favorite conferences. I was big on them last year. I thought they would break out as a conference, and and they did in in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and, and this year it won't be as strong. Uh, but you know, I just heard that Jordan Brown's coming back. Louisiana is still going to be really damn good. Um, JMU has done a good job on the portal. They'll be good. Um. Southern Miss is, you know, I love Jay Ladner, what he's done over there. They still got Austin Crowley and uh, good old, uh, what's it? I'm blanking all names tonight. The, the guy they just got. Curbelo. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> and they got Curbelo, and I think they're bringing back Neftali Alvarez, too, which I didn't know had a year of eligibility. So that'll be actually pretty interesting what they got going on over there. Uh, so, you know, the Sun Belt top four, top five is going to be good. Arkansas State's going to be right in the mix. And we're just going to see, uh, you know, if he can coach. You know, that's why I didn't give it an A plus um, because coaching and, you know, elevating the talent you have is part of the job. Um, and you have to be good at it in a tightly contested conference, which definitely the top three, top four, you know, Louisiana's coach is really good over there. He does a very good job. Um, and the top three to top four coaches in the Sun Belt are, are very good. And I think Jeff Jones is still at a Old Dominion. So, uh, but I think they switched conferences or something. I'm blanking on that. They, they switched two. They're the in the Sun Belt, Belt now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was going to retire and then he didn't. So I think he's still there uh, as far as I know. So uh, you got him, you got some elite coaches in that conference at the top. So uh, yeah, they'll be right in the mix. Yeah, I believe the Buffalo transfer you were looking for is Laquil Hardnett. Well, something. I didn't want to butcher his last name. <laughs> yes. anyway. uh, but they also got like DeAndre Dominguez from UMass, yep. pretty UMass. solid player. They got Darian Ford, who was like a top 70 recruit last year. So I watched his highlights. I loved him. Uh, defensively, he does a great job. He's a strong kid. He's a really hard worker, I hear. Um, offensively, he's a little slow and things like that, but I mean, he's a strong kid. He can finish around the rim. He's definitely someone who can be a project player and can really turn into something at the mid-major level. 
Yeah. Um, Army hired Kevin Kuwick this offseason, and this is a hire that I generally like. I gave this one a B plus. I did like some of the guys he's coached under in the past, which just name a few. You have Brad Stevens, uh, Thad Mata, Bobby Killip, Archie Miller, and he served in the Army, which is it's pretty amazing. So, like, I mean, if you're going to hire someone at Army, like, there's uh, – it's definitely one good category to look for. Um, I was honestly a little uh, don't think if coaching change need to happen in Army this offseason, but I I do like the Kuwik hire. You giving him solid B plus. Yeah, like your your point at the end there, Austin, is interesting. Like it's not like Army was in like absolute disarray or something, or like absolutely had to hit the panic button and make a change. But like the fact that they did make a change. Okay, goodness, there's a coaching change. Let's see if they follow through on it and really capitalize on the opportunity. And yeah, Kuwik Kuwik is a, is a, is another A for me. Like the, the previous stops of Dayton Davidson and, and Butler all in a row as an assistant. Now prior to uh, getting a first chance to head coach Army, like that, those are all winning stops. Before uh, before you talked about the names worked he's worked under. Um, so of course we can put in our obvious, like, as we say with the other first time head coaches, can you coach? Like, can you actually do the, do all the job, all the things that come with coaching, but, and, and having the buck stop at you as the head man, but he's originally from Lackawanna in New York, uh, gets to be back in New York state. Um, it's like the fact that he has that, um, service experience is big, you know, just to, just to be a coach who can really relate with your cadet athletes at, at West point. That's a big deal. So this, this, this adds up in a lot of ways and uh army arm 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 like a colgate's own the patriot league but like who's to say army can't move out of kind of that middle of middle range of the standings that it's it, it's been uh it's been in in recent years so i i think this is a good move toward that yeah um i actually think army did need a change yeah i, I just watched a lot of uh, actually a, a good bit of them and they're just they're very up and down, you know, very inconsistent. Uh, I think they just wanted some more consistency, somebody they're really familiar with, someone who could connect with the players and really get like, you know, they, there were some games they'd lose to Holy Cross, but then they'll compete with Colgate. They were all over the place last year. They beat Siena last year too. I remember watching that game. and I, They were just all over the place. So, I mean, the, the coach wasn't exactly bad, but like during the end of games and defensively they were a mess. Um, so no, I feel like a change was kind of necessary and I think they made an upgrade here. Um, you get somebody who's also familiar with New York state and, uh, upstate New York and could kind of maybe get some recruits from the Albany area as Albany's in a complete disarray right now. You know, you can kind of fetch transfers from anywhere in New York and, you know, go to like Vermont and get some too. So, uh, you know, the surrounding States and things like that. So, yeah, no, I like this hire a lot. Um, definitely one of the ones that I know more about than the others. Um, the others, as a mid-major guy, I don't know all these hires. Trust me, I don't put myself through watching Patriot League basketball a lot. So, um, but no, I do. Uh, I did watch Army actually a good bit. So I kind of like this move for them. And uh, I think, uh, you know, hopefully they can break out of that mid-tier because I want to see a change in the Patriot League. I don't want to just see Colgate dominating it every year. I want to see Bucknell back. I want to see, you know... Albany, I want to see the old powerhouses back that, you know, really used to actually be at the top of the Patriot League for a while. So, uh... yeah, um, Army's best player entered a portal like last week, which is not ideal, but 
That's yeah. Gonna, I feel like at, at West Point, though, that 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 can happen, though. Like, it's such a like leaving the military academy. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I would <laughs> I don't know if I would spend all four years there either. You you know me, Austin. Am I cut out for that? I don't know. Like, it, it, being a student athlete, Division One level and being cadet athlete. So, I mean, I, like, clearly. I just think just I don't want to jump in on you too much and interrupt you, but I just want to put a disclaimer. Like, I think this hire is equipped to handle departures like that. Like it it may be bumpy with in your first offseason, but I, I do think in the future he'll be able to withstand those kind of moves. Yeah. Um, another hire that I really like, Austin P hired Corey Gibson. I mean, you just can't hate this hire. I gave it an A minus. Um he he just out talented the Southland last year, and he brought his whole team with him from Northwestern State to Austin P. Essentially, he also got Desi Jones, who's like an all Mac guy. So did he get his waiver pass? Is he actually coming now? I um, I don't think he needed him. a waiver. I think he got like arrested or something. But I That's don't think right. that. I, yes. I don't think that ever turned into anything. Okay, I thought it was going to for one second. I remember that came out because I was really excited for their future. Desi Jones is really good. Um, you know, he's definitely one of the best guards in all of the Metro Atlanta Conference last year. So, uh, no, I'm really excited for Austin P. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. So I guess an A minus. He also played Austin P. So that's another like he. he no. That's why he took the job. So. Let's go pee. No, it, it this I feel like this was removed or supported like long before the hire even happened. Like this was so telegraphed. I'm not saying that's in a bad way, but it, it it all it all clicked here. And the fact one more note about his playing career, the fact that he was a JUCO guy before finishing his college career at Austin P. I think I think that means something too. Like he, he's gonna not he's not gonna be. I mean, all coaches these days are are always open to getting transfers from whichever levels and things like that. But especially at a mid major spot, right? Like being able to identify JUCOs. I'm not saying Gibson just because he played the Juco level makes him especially keen to do that, but it, he, he can, have, he can have plenty of resources and ties there. So uh, yeah, the whole trajectory that he would wind up back at Austin P because he was an assistant at Austin P too, several years ago um, after being at, at UNC Greensboro and even, even at UNC Greensboro. I mean, I think, am I, is my research correct? He, he did coach under Wes Miller as well. So I like, I like any time you can overlap with Wes Miller. So yeah, this, 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 this is a, I, I, I got this in the A spot. So I actually have this in the B spot, which I'll get to. Um, but uh, culture-wise, and Austin P needs to get you know their fan base back, and this is a uh, hire that the alumni is behind. Everybody is behind it. I remember just going on like some Austin P boards or whatever uh, for this, or I don't know. I saw on their Instagram page, but they seem very happy about the hire. Uh, my question marks come with his actual ability to coach, which I don't really in the Southland last year. I feel like he could have done more defensively, especially like I think they he needs a lot of work on that end. Um, but I think it also is kind of to do with the personnel he has. Sharp isn't really a guy who wants to put in a lot of effort defensively, and that could also from, come from the coach. Coach Isaac Haney is kind of undersized. Um, that's also an issue. So I just want him to kind of make some strides as a defensive coach. Offensively, I like what he does. He just lets his shot creating guards do what they want. You know, uh, they can make some really difficult shots and you know, sometimes they will settle, but sometimes to have like a free-flowing offense that's not like constrained is the best kind of offense. So I, I feel like their offense is going to be high power, just like it was at Northwestern State. Um, and they'll be in the top 
ish conf- uh, part of the ASUN. I don't know if they'll win it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of turnover in the ASUN, luckily. So it's a good year to kind of move into that conference. Um, they'll definitely be at the upper echelon of the conference, though. So I gave it a B because I'm kind of, I want to see some progress as a defensive guy. But, uh, you know, as an actual coach and getting the program, you know, back to where it needs to be, it's an A from that standpoint, 100%. Yeah, I kind of do agree with, agree with your skepticisms because he it's not like he outcoached everyone. He just kind of out-talented them. Like, the guys he had were just not Southland players. They were far better. So that's a reason. But it also shows he can recruit because, like, all those guys followed him. Like, Sharp, like, he could have gone, like, some high major. You know, like I remember he, that uh, video of Emmanuel Sharp, the guy with the one arm, and he had like a motivational thing where he made him do push-ups on his fingers. It went viral. Um, so I mean, he is the ultimate players' coach. Um, even just from seeing that video, the players love him. So when I saw that video and I see all of his players follow him, I'm not surprised at all. Like I learned the kind of coach he was in a two to three minute video. And uh, sometimes you really can. And he's a really special coach when it comes to connecting with the players. Yeah. Um, another coach that I think was a hire to have in the A category as an A minus. I have Todd Simon uh, hired at Bowling Green after some years at Southern Utah, where he really elevated Southern Utah. Like he really made him into a, contender in the big sky and then the most recent year the in the whack but yeah um he's actually from michigan he but he's he's coached mostly on like the west coast but so that's, that's kind of interesting like a lot of these those times like you see like oh they're going closer to home so they must know the area more i, I don't know if he'll know the area more because he's been on the west a lot was at unlv for a little bit but still like he he just really elevated the shape of the program and bowling green is another program that needs elevating um after they've had some talent with their last coach but just like he was just not a good coach so i think simon is a good coach so that's why i gave an a minus yeah, this is one of those I think the move made more sense for the school than it did for the coach. Like I it's it's going to be a tough ask. It's going to be a tough ask for Todd Simon. I think he's up to it. Uh being a Michigan native, uh went to Central Michigan. But I I he could have paved a way to a better job still out west. Like he clearly he's been recruiting out there for so long. I don't know. I just I'm not confused by it. Like at some point to be a head coach at I mean, not to use like football terminology conference wise here, but an FBS level school, I suppose an FCS level school at Southern Utah. Like I get it is there is a move up um, here, you know, in a way, but it's it, it's it's not there. The cupboard isn't bare or anything. And he was he, his record was good at Southern Utah. Um, but I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to like. I guess the grade ultimately is given to the school, not to the coach. So as far as grade goes perfectly perfectly passing grade for me like it clear it, it clears the the eye test for me i go i go b plus i have b plus as well i'm a big todd simon guy um you know obviously they had probably the craziest win of all of college basketball was that game against utah valley um you know to even beat that utah valley team like you have to be extremely yep. resilient and be able to just score the ball and Latavion jones and spurgeon they were able to do that um, his teams are really resilient. They're great offensively. Now, the thing with 
that kind of concerns me about this hire is that Bowling Green was probably one of the worst defensive teams in all of college basketball. Like I look, I just look at even box scores and I see them giving up like 110, one game, like 90. It's like we can't be giving up more than 80, 90 points, especially in, in Mac play to some bad teams. So I don't know if he solves that problem. Cause I think that's a whole other thing. And he's not really, that familiar with the area plus it's not a great recruiting area to begin with um you know that's where the skepticism arises but i think he's up for it i thought he was gonna go get a job on the west coast too um you know he was recruiting out there he's doing great out there i thought he was a a candidate for the utah valley job i thought he could have definitely gone there and uh they're actually big rivals so (laughs) that would have been really weird uh, if they would have went across town but uh Nah, he's in a solid spot now, and, uh, you know, the MAC is a good conference. So, I mean, you know, if he can make waves in that conference, that'll solidify him and maybe turn him to a Power 5 guy. I don't know. Yeah, potentially. Um, Austin, moving... I have a question for you on the format yes. of this. With my limited time remaining, do you want me to moderate it and have you guys dish on the just with the time we have with the number of mid-major coaches left? Like, I can tee it up for you all. Yes, that that would work. We have uh, cool. been talking a little too much about some of these mid-major guys, so it's <laughs> you, fun. You know, but... you know I'm a mid-major guy, and Kyle's name, mid-major's in his name, so you know what you're getting, Austin. You know what you signed up for, but... <laughs> hey, the other ones I do not know anything about. You just happen to bring up the ones I know about. Hey, know? there you go. You're being modest, but... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, also I'll, I'll I'll tee up first one. Very appropriate for me. I get to talk about a introduce a, a Patriot League school. Bucknell hires John Griffin the third uh, to replace Nathan Davis. Yeah, I gave this one a B plus. Was on staff uh, for some of the better years at Bucknell. Um, has some NBA experience. Uh, no head coaching experience, and uh, head coaching experience is always a, a plus. But I still gave this a B plus. I think it's a good hire. Yeah, I gave it a B. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I always have a bit of an asterisk when a former player becomes a coach because it doesn't really always work out. So, but you know, it's good. Uh, Bucknell needed to change very badly. Um, you know, they were really just losing their prowess. Um, you know, as as a program. So I really think getting you know a new face, getting somebody who's played there and things like that is, I guess, a positive step in the right direction, even though there's obviously going to be some skepticism. Um, that's just the nature of that job right now. Uh, but yeah, no, I definitely feel like they have some winning seasons ahead of them. I don't know if they'll uh, thrust right to the top of the conference or anything, but uh, you know, they'll take it year by year and I think get back to where they are long-term. The Buffalo Bulls to get back in the Mac Buffalo added George Halkovich to replace Jim Whitesell. Buffalo has a history, you know, NCAA tournaments with Bobby Hurley and Nate Oates. But what do we think about uh, George's chance to bring the Bulls back to some prominence? Yeah, well, I gave this one a C. Um, I don't know if it's like a terrible hire in itself, but he was like, like they went through so many guys that declined the offer. So he was not high up on their priorities of who they actually won as a head coach. I, I know they did offer a job to uh, Ben McCollum, the Northwest Missouri State head coaches. Wanted to throw that in there, but there you go. yeah. Um, and for some reason, like the Jay Wright tree guys haven't really been good, like which is odd considering he's one of like the best coaches ever. So I I I don't love this, but I solid C. Yeah, uh, the Jay Wright tree guys haven't been good. 
I gave this an A though. So this is where we really have a big disparity. Um, I mean, I'm a bit finally good. <laughs> I'm from the Villanova area. I'm gonna have to ride with you know, and I've known Jay Wright and met him a couple of times through my grandpa. So I'm I'm gonna ride with this member of the tree. I know Ash Howard and other guys of the Jay Wright tree have not done as well as you know we would have hoped. But um, you know, at Buffalo in a Mac area where he's familiar with the area too i feel like he can get a lot of talent in buffalo's i don't think they'll ever struggle struggle getting talent in um that's it's a really good area for basketball uh, you got the whole state of new york to choose from and it's a mid-major brand that you know recruits like from going from juco they've got juco guys in, in the past um i feel like you know I don't think the entire J. Ray tree is going to be trash. I feel like at some point we got to have somebody from that tree who's going to be good, right? And I feel like Halkovich is going to do a better job than the last guy. I, I forget the Buffalo's last coach, but he was awful. I mean, uh, they had a lot of talent too. Um, no shortage of talent ever at Buffalo. And, you know, they got hyped every year, but, you know, um, I saw right through it. So, I feel like I hope we can get back up to that level where they're consistently performing with talent and being at the top of the Mac where they belong. Moving back out West to Cal state Northridge, which did in division two to get a coach with a really strong winning percentage in Andy Newman. I loved his hire. I gave it an a minus. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked this. He's been fantastic at Cal state San Bernardino. In fact, like they had so much talent on the roster. Like you looked on the roster, you see a lot of former D one guys, they legitimately have like way more talent than Cal State Northridge did last season. So that's kind of interesting to see. Um, he has some coaching experience and assistant at Cal State Fullerton, was also the interim for one year, year, their year, one year there. So he kind of has a little bit of head coaching experience, sort of. So yeah, I, I love his hire. A solid A minus. Yeah, I mean, sometimes for some of these really bad programs, Getting the old coach out is a W in itself. Um, and they were probably a bottom 15 to bottom 20. I might be putting a nicely program in college basketball. So getting even a guy who's good at the D2 level, um, you know, because the California area is a lot of good, formidable D2 teams, a lot of good D2 talent. Um, you know, they were just not competing talent-wise, coaching-wise from any standpoint. So to get somebody who has some track record, some – positivity in the program is going to be important. So I give it a nice B plus. Uh, I, I feel like as for Cal State Northridge, it's just as good as you're going to do. Working back over to my neck of the woods, a lot of work to do at Coppin State and Coppin State makes the move uh, on from Juan Dixon and into the Larry Stewart era over at Coppin. Yeah, I gave this a B plus. I kind of liked this hire the more I looked into it. Hiring NBA players also is always a little bit tricky, but um, when you when you're cop in state, like, yeah, I guess you kind of just take whatever NBA player you can get. Considering cop in state doesn't really have NBA players like that, um, and he's also been in the MEAG, been HBCU basketball coaching for like ten to fifteen years, so he knows the stuff. Coppin is not as a school that has been like pretty well recorded as some of like the worst budgets and stuff like that in the country so i i do like to hire b plus 
Yeah, I gave it a B. I mean, everyone knows his NBA experience. Um, you know, Coppin was really interesting this year. Obviously, they have a Penn State transfer Sam Sessoms, and they have other talent. Like, I, I didn't feel like they should have been as bad as they were this year. I look at their MEAC record, and they're, like, at the bottom or the middle of the MEAC, and I feel like they should have been a lot better. But, I mean, it just goes back to a lot of the MEAC teams don't play defense. They're not very well organized. They're not very well coached. They don't have a lot of structure. So I think somebody who's been in the NBA, who has experience at the MEAC level as well, can kind of get the troops under control and, uh, you know, get Coppin State back to a respectable level because they should have been this year, in my opinion. Making up for lost time over at Coppin State. I know I know my buddy Nick Lawrence will be pulling for him at uh, Mid-Major Madness. He's, he's, he wants to see the Baltimore area succeed. But getting out of Baltimore and over to East Tennessee State, where Brooks Savage has taken over for the Bucks. I gave this one a B plus. I liked hire. I liked he's been with Steve Forbes since his like since early on at ETSU. Um it's a little concerning that he's already the third coach being hired at East Tennessee State since Steve Forbes left. But that makes me think that the university like is like kind of confident with this one. Like they've already screwed up two times. Oh, the first time was a weird situation with Jason Shea, but yeah, this is the yeah. I think I think they made sure they got this one right. I love Steve Forbes, so anyone has worked with him for so long and has moved jobs with him, I like. Yeah, so I gave this a B plus as well. Just you know, East Tennessee State's had a rough couple of years after being a really good tournament team for a year or two. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest Steve Forbes guy. I was. Um, and then, you know, the last couple of years, you kind of realize his shortcomings as a coach on the defensive end. But, you know, at the same time, you're able to get somebody who, you know, really knows how to recruit um, as anyone on Steve Forbes staff. You're a good recruiter. Um, he recruits from the United Kingdom. He'll recruit from anywhere. <laughs> Um, you know, so to have somebody who can bring in some talent, because ETSU did have some young talent last year, um, and to hopefully, you know, get a lot, get the most out of them on the offensive end, you know, to have consistent offensive outputs, to be uh, putting up 70, 80 points a game, and to, uh, you know, hopefully be better on the defensive end, because they should be a pretty good program in the uh, in that conference. So, uh, no, I gave that one a B-plus for sure. One of the highest profile mid-major changes, I would argue, because of the reason it happened, fairly – well, Tobin Anderson was in line for the Iona, the Iona job prior to the big win by Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue. But that upset in March Madness secured it, and Jack Castleberry will take – he'll slide over and take the seat that Tobin had occupied. Yeah, I gave this one a B. Um, what he had done before Fairleigh Dickinson wasn't overly impressive from what I saw. But I, I do like the fact that, like, he's a like, guy with Tobin, and I just think Tobin's amazing. So, yeah, that that's why I sort of like this one. Yeah, and, yeah, so it's a solid B. I mean, the program isn't going to be, like, what it was under Tobin in a long time, you would think. But I I still think this is a good one. Yeah, maybe they won't be at the level where they're, you know, being at consistently at the top of, even if it's a bad NEC conference, you know, they were still at the top of it, and there's something to be said about that. Um, you know, they don't really have too much of an option, especially when you have a hire who was, you know, the Cinderella 
the Cinderella of probably all time um, when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament. So uh, you, you got to stay in house there and you get, you know, probably one of his right hand men. So where can you really go wrong with that? You know, you don't really have to overcomplicate things. And sometimes the obvious hire is the best hire. What was your grade? So I gave it a B. Moving forward to Georgia Mason, the Patriots find themselves or found themselves without a head coach after just two seasons with Kim English. He gets to go from the A-10 to the Big East. And so George Mason fills the vacancy with Tony Skin. He's not new to GMU, but what do we think of it grade-wise? Well, first off, I just want to say I think he's better than Kim English. Um, I gave it a B+. I think the talent he's gotten has been more impressive than what Kim English has done. Like he got uh, Darius Maddox, who's like really a solid ACC player. Um, yeah, I'm always hesitant to put assistance in the A range, but he's someone I consider moving there. Uh, working at uh, Maryland, that's pretty good place to be working at. Yeah, I just love what he's done his first offseason. Yeah, I gave him an A. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the perfect hire. He's familiar with the geographic area, too. He's connected with the Maryland area. Darius Maddox was a guy I thought was going to break out in the ACC. Now you can bring him in at George Mason. I mean, that's just – that's awesome. He's an amazing shooter. He's good off the dribble. Uh, you know, he got hurt, I think, or something in the middle of last year, something like that, and he'll have a much bigger offensive output because that was definitely a problem at Virginia Tech. He wasn't getting the shots that he should have. So he's going to be awesome there. And they got some other pieces there uh, that I really like as well. And uh, I really think, you know, going forward, he's really the guy. And I think he's an upgrade over Cam English. And obviously, you know, as a coach, you know, on the floor and on both ends, it won't be hard to be better than Cam English in that department either. So, uh, wow. yeah. Wow. So uh, now I definitely recruiting wise, uh, it's hard to beat Cam English, but he's done a great job picking up right where he left off and probably gotten even better talent. Um, and uh, yeah, no, honestly, I feel like George Mason upgraded and George Mason is another really story program with under Jim Laranega and to get them back in the relevancy where they belong. It, it would be really cool. Pretty ringing endorsement from each of you guys to set, to see a school that lost its coach out of its own success. Like there's a move up made by the coach onto, onto the P six and you made an upgrade still that, that, that checks a couple of boxes at one time that you don't often see, but Additionally, you don't often see Georgia's Southern making a change as quickly as it did with Brian Berg out after hovering around 500. Charlie Henry comes in from Bama. So we go back to the fun belt to discuss Georgia Southern's new hire. Yeah, bef before we get into that one, I do want to say one more thing about Skin is that he was actually like one of the best players on that Final Four team. So he, he knows the program in now. But moving on to Charlie Henry, um, I gave this... A one a b plus obviously one another one of the three alabama assistants hired to the head coaching ranks this offseason um he has some nba assistant history he was uh worked with hoiberg pretty closely also head coach of the windy city bulls the uh chicago bulls julie affiliate for a little bit so head coaching experience at any level especially when it's like pro guys is uh says something even though julie coaches probably like don't really do much but um still i he's done some solid things at georgia southern soft season earns me a solid b plus 
Yeah, um, I definitely think a change needed to be made there. Um, I feel like they had a lot of talent with Jalen Finch and Sarasov there. I feel like they should have done something, and they had a lot of like five or six seniors. They were one of my sleeper picks in the Sun Belt that didn't really go right. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. So it was good for them to really um, get a really formidable hire. Um, I love seeing Power 5 assistants, you know, get a good mid-major job. And I feel like Georgia Southern can be – you know, they're in a good recruiting area near the Atlanta area as well. Um, I, and I feel like they can be a formidable program. I feel like, is Jalen Finch still there? I don't know. I feel like he just was kind of old, so he might yeah. be done. They had a lot of seniors on that team who might have been one of them. Uh, I know Sarasov just transferred. He was actually, I think, a junior. Yeah, he was good. Jalen Finch he was is their best done, player. I think. Yeah, no, Sarasov is somewhere else now. So they probably Duquesne. don't have a ton right now. Yeah. yeah, he's at Duquesne. Oh, my gosh. I actually love that move for them. Yeah, but I like anyway, um, so, you know, I feel like going forward, yeah, they're starting kind of at ground zero. But, um, you know, that that's part of, you know, being a coach sometimes. You know, you got to build right from the foundation and plant your foundation and go from there. And I feel like uh, he's at the right job where he can do that. Yeah, I might miss it, but what was your grade? So I gave it a uh, an A minus. My bad. Yeah. Austin, I know you're glad we're getting to Green Bay up next because this is a job you're waiting for to get open. Green Bay fills its spot with Sundance Wicks. Yes, this one happened the uh, not to hire, but the uh, fire happened in the middle of the season. Um. With Will Ryan, who was like a terrible coach. Uh, Link Darner should have never been fired in the first place. S- side note on uh, Link Darner, I saw Amari Davis followed him to the University of Tampa where he's coaching now, which is, that's fun. Like, I mean, that, that also shows how much like he actually connected with his players and why he shouldn't have been fired. But anyway, yeah, I gave us an A-. minus. Um, He's uh just has lots of coaching experience in general. Uh, his two seasons at Missouri Western, who are like a, Northwest Missouri State's little brother kind of we beat we beat them and everything, which uh just had to throw a little bit of shot in there. But he um he he won compared to the uh what the program had been doing like before he got there. So even though his record wasn't amazing, like he elevated the level of that program. Uh I do really like what Wyoming has done uh, in the past few years. He was on staff. This year doesn't count with all the injuries, but yeah. So so uh to sum it all up, I gave this one A minus. I also love that he got no Reynolds to follow him. I know, of course. I mean, that's a big time talent to be bringing into the Horizon League, who's actually, you know, the Horizon League's talent level has definitely jumped with Youngstown bringing in the players they have recently. So, um, you know, I gave this hire a B plus. Um, you know, with the work he's done in the portal, I didn't really know a ton about him. Uh, I saw he was on Wyoming staff under. Uh, Wyoming's coach there, Jeff Lindell, I believe his name is, but uh, yeah, so uh, Linder, yeah, close enough, but <clears throat> anyway, yeah, no, he's done a good job there at Green Bay, you know, I, Green Bay, you know, I think we all knew it used to be really good like a couple of years ago, and that unexpected hiring, I mean, firing uh, definitely set them back, so to kind of get them back on the right track is good here, and I feel like they've done that, Um, and, you know, maybe they won't be in the basement with the IUPUI anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they also got another D D two kid and Rich Byer, who I really think is going to be a good player there. Oh, that's good. So I gave him a B plus. Austin, you're going to know the name pretty well. That went over to High Point, Alan Huss, 
goes over from Creighton. High Point gets its guy. A High Point attractive spot in the Big South. Uh, didn't necessarily it was a it starts to took a little bit, but High Point lands on Hus. Yes, I gave this an A minus, maybe potentially biased because I kind of like what Hus has done at Creighton as an assistant. Um, yeah, but High Point is a place you can like really win. Like they have some good facilities. They have a lot of money in that university. So if the cards are played right, he can absolutely win there. Um, his transfer class has already been promising. I was talking with Kyle earlier today about how they got Leah McChesney, uh, the Illinois State big. But yeah, he he should be good there. He's a uh, he's kind of been a uh, development guy at Creighton in the past few years, which I think they've been one of the best programs in the country at. So I, I really do like this hire. Yeah, also gave it an A minus. Um, you know, again, High Point is you know Big South is a ver- is a conference that doesn't have a lot of funding except for High Point. High Point is kind of like the exception to the rule there. So um, it's kind of good for them to really put all their energy into one former Power Five hire who was you know did a great job with Crane. Crane's been one of the biggest up and coming programs at the Power Five level. So. Uh, you know, he's developed a lot of talent there, um, and, you know, he's gotten a good class there. I love McChesney. Uh, I feel like he needs to get on a winning team to really kind of put his name on the map a little bit, and I feel like High Point can do that in the Big South, uh, which is not really – although Drew Pember is back, so uh, we'll see, we'll see. But, um, you know, they'll definitely be up there, uh, certainly, in that conference, no question. Flipping back to the Patriot League and up to Worcester, Massachusetts, Holy Cross – Brings in Dave Paulson, former head coach at Bucknell and George Mason. Yeah, originally I had this down as a B plus. After further consideration, I might go higher. I just think he was kind of like at, at George Mason. But like when you can hire a guy that's been like pretty decent for that long at Holy Cross, who's just been terrible. Um yeah, pro- probably a little bit better higher than a B plus. He just not the most exciting guy to hire, but like he's he's also had some a lot of success in the Patriot League with Mike Muscala. So yeah, after further considerations, probably in more in the A levels, but I, I think you this is a good hire. Yeah, I did rough research on him and you know, probably set the bar a little too high for Holy Cross, which you could see, but um upon further review and going deeper into it, I feel like he's definitely worth like a B minus. Um, you set the bar pretty low for a program like Holy Cross, but, you know, to even get a coach with any, like, relevant program, like George Mason, back when Bucknell was decent, again, with Mike Muscala, who's obviously an NBA talent, uh, to have him have some experience with some good players, I guess it's a positive for Holy Cross, because you really can't do any worse than Holy Cross is doing. They're definitely in the uh, Cal State Northridge of, uh, you know, echelon of programs are definitely pretty far down on that uh pyramid so uh you know what pretty decent hire for them i'll give them a b minus flipping it back to back to west i mean i i, I call this big sky country right still conclude idaho and big sky country big sky conference at least where we have alex pribble coming in to lead the vandals say team that needs a turnaround and record on the floor but uh there are new facilities in place what do we make of pribble to idaho Oh, I, I love this hire. I gave an A. Like Idaho is another place. It's kind of similar to High Point, where like they have all that you need to win. Like it just hasn't happened under the previous coaches. Uh, 
Santa Claus was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, Purple really won the D2 level. He took an assistant job at Seattle, where they have really ele- elevated say, their program over the last four seasons. So like, I I really like this one. I gave it an A. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a B at first, but then I remember this guy was an assistant at Seattle, so I think he deserves an A minus. Like Seattle's been one of the biggest turnaround programs in the last couple of years. One of my favorites to watch. Maybe not this year, but the year before that, uh, they were really fun with Cameron Tyson and all those guys. So uh, to get somebody like that, and again, I seen like I was watching one of the games where uh, they were playing at Idaho, and I see like, why is this arena so nice? I'm like, it has no business being this nice. And I'm like, they need to get like some some good coaching in there. And you know, they they've been able to put up points defense just by looking at box scores and just following them along this season. Because I can't watch Big Sky basketball. Big Sky basketball makes me stab my eyes out. But anyway, um. So, you know, just seeing that, I feel like they need somebody who can help them out defensively. Um, but no, it's definitely a very winnable area, a very good comparison to high point, kind of, you know, a low funding conference, but a team that's, you know, got pretty good funding, uh, period. So I feel like they can make it happen there and, you know, getting a good guy, uh, from Seattle who's had experience there as an assistant, good at the D2 level. I mean, that's as good as you're going to get um, for Idaho, honestly. If they can't turn it around with him, they might need to look at themselves in the mirror a little bit. Yeah, they had no business being as bad as they were last year with Isaac Jones and Devontae Moffitt. So he should be a coach I can actually put that talent to winning. Turning our attention to the Southland incarnate word, UIW remained in the Southland, hashtag Southland strong. Uh, but they did not remain with their head coach. As the new head coach for the Cards is Shane Airman. Yeah, I don't really know what they were doing with this one. They hired a guy that was the assistant at Central Michigan, who sucks. He he, the guys he's coached under are uh, Dave Lato and Tony Barbie, who is not really the coaching tree you want to hire off. Uh, the one upside, or there's a, there's a few upsides. The upsides are that he's young, and that he coached that uh, was head coach of Lalu for like three years, so. He he's really uh, worked with a lot of guys that are in NBA now there, but like I don't know what they're doing with this hire. Like so, I give it a C minus. Um, not really who you want to hire from a college perspective. Incarnate yeah, Word also sucks though. So I gave this one an F. Um, I don't <laughs> think you could do any worse than what they did here. I mean, he is DePaul experience and Central Michigan experience. Like, I this is the, by far like I I looked at this hire. I'm like did they somehow get worse? (laughs) And I think they really might've like, Oh gosh, I don't really know. Like I, I get the bars low at a program like incarnate word. And there were talks. I'm like, they're actually a pretty decent football school. Um, it's just not the same in basketball. I can confirm. I can confirm that. Um, football side. (laughs) It's just, yeah, not the same in the basketball department at all. Um, so yeah, they're just taking another step back somehow. And uh, yeah, you know, having experience at Central Michigan and DePaul is pretty much as bad as you can do. Because uh, Central Michigan has actually had some talent come through there and they just are terrible every year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they wanted the leading scorers in college basketball a couple of years ago, I know. And they were no, still. That talking. was before he was there. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, about the South, probably going back a little bit, but, you know, they've just been such an irrelevant program. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think he can get much worse than that one. 
I have a feeling though the next hire discuss is going to get more positive reviews. Uh, just an inclination over at Iona, needing to fill the shoes of Rick Pitino. In comes Tobin Anderson on his high horse after slaying Purdue in March Madness. FDU's Tobin Anderson heads over to the Gales. Yeah, I gave this one an A. The only reason it wasn't A plus is it's still like kind of a significant downgrade from Patino. But Tobin Anderson's amazing. Like Iona will continue to just rise atop the MAC by like so much. Like they they're always the better best team in the MAC, no matter like what coach they have. Like they just have so many resources. The roster that he's built has been really good, solid A. Yeah, I mean it's obviously an A. Um, you know, so. I don't know how they'll be this year. I don't really know if they're bringing. I saw they saw. I saw they got somebody the other day, but besides that, um, it's probably going to be full of you know some of his D twos and things like that. You know, filling in kind of. But down the line, I, I think he's going to get in. All, you know, the best of the D D two crop from the New York area, uh, the Long Island area, which is again a lot of good town in that area. So I feel like he's going to do a really good job there. And again, um, the Mac is always going to be run by Iona. It really doesn't matter. Um, it sucks because I want to see my rider boys win, but they need to get a new hire too. They they need to be on here next year. Kevin Baggett needs to go. <laughs> Dan Kyle, so I don't need to remind you about Jameer Nelson Jr.'s game winner at, 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 in the Bronx Zoo last winter. <laughs> I had the radio call for that. That's why. That's why I had to. I was watching that game. That was <laughs> prior to so many losses like that. It just completely break your heart. Well, we'll keep it. We'll keep it going down the eastern region, down south to Kennesaw State. The Owls were in need of a replacement for Amir Abdur Rahim, who departed for USF after the first NCAA tournament appearance by KSU this past season. And Antoine Petway comes to the door for KSU, future member of Conference USA. Yeah, this is the third of Alabama assistant coaches that we're going to talk about. He's actually been Alabama for like 15 years, which can be looked at as a bad thing in a way that he's been with some questionable coaches. But also, I looked at it as a good way because like these coaches that are fired and like the new head coaches want to keep this guy in their staff. So I th- I think it's a good hire. I gave us a B plus. Um, Kennesaw State's obviously the uh, where it's at right now is much better than it was when. Um, there when Abdur Rahim took over. So he, he has some solid building ground to work with. Yeah, I gave this an A minus. I think he's he's gotten some great players in the portal. Like I've thought, and I think a lot of people did, like, where is Kennesaw State gonna go after you know Abdur Rahim's gone and off to South Florida, who's doing a great job in the portal with them. Um, but you know, I think they've done a as about as good of a job as you could have asked um, of replacing him. And I feel like they're going to be in, uh, in a great territory. You know, they're really a commuter school too. Like, you know, they're not really like, they don't have a huge campus or anything. They're really a commuter school. Um, and for them to be relevant in basketball would, would mean a lot uh, to that school. And, you know, it's not a huge school by any means either. So um, I feel like they're in about as good of a place as you could ask post Abdur Rahim. So um, I give it an A minus, especially for the program that they are. Going back north to the Patriot League, Lafayette, the Leopards bring in Mike McGarvey to replace Mike Jordan. Yeah, this was kind of a weird one. Like they didn't really like hire him. It was kind of just elevated because uh, Mike Jordan got fired for some non basketball reasons, which. 
I'm not exactly sure what happened there. There have been some multiple reports on what could have happened. But yeah, he is he was a head coach in his D3 days where it was pretty solid there. And another thing is like when he took over, like he, he took over once Jordan was on a leave of absence last season and he made it to the Patriot League championship. So in those short sample sizes that he coached, like he did some damage. So B plus, I think this is absolutely the right move to make. Yeah, no, I gave it a B. Um, I feel like, you know, amidst the circumstances at Lafayette, you know, I don't even think they really needed a new coach, but then all that stuff came out and I was like, you know, yeah, they got to shuffle the deck and find somebody, which can be hard in the Patriot League. You know, you don't really have a a ton of candidates. So um, I feel like they made the best of a bad situation. And uh, yeah, no, uh, Penn State got a guy from uh, there and uh, Leo Doyle is my profile picture. So, you know. I uh, got to show some love there and give him a good grade. Yeah, I mean that Lafayette makes a promotion in a in a funky situation, and a John Gallagher he emerges from a funky situation to get a D one head coaching job at Manhattan. Uh, Gallagher, the now former coach of Hartford, who's on its way to Division three. Gallagher finds a way to stay in D one. You're with the Jaspers. Yeah, I gave this a B plus. Uh... He he was building something at Hartford before he absolutely got screwed. It was so unfair to him what happened. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are don't like this one because they won the interim coach Rashawn Stores to Sadie head coach. But I don't have a problem with that because like Manhattan was like all super seniors. So like who cares? Like none of the good players from last year's team are even there anymore. So I think it's a solid B plus. I think he was really building something at Hartford. Yeah, I agree. I gave it a B plus as well. Um, I feel like at a job like Manhattan, they needed a new coach. They had, you know, a lot of upperclassmen with Samir Stewart and other guys last year that were really good players. Um, they shouldn't have been as bad as they were, although they had the whole roster situation with everyone transferring. The coach got fired mid off season. It was a mess or whatever that was. But uh, yeah, I feel like they made the best of a bad situation. Obviously they could have stayed in house, but um, again, what he was building at Hartford, um, he was doing a really good job over there. I feel like, you know, they made the tournament one year, I even believe, mm-hmm. as a 16. And then that, I think after that is when all the dominoes fell and they just completely fell apart as a program and stopped funding the basketball program. It's about as messed up as you can think. You know, it doesn't get any worse than that as a head coach, just having all your power pretty much stripped of you. Um, so to bring him to a D1 program and, you know, again, New York, um, where you can definitely find some talent, um, I feel like it's a good spot for him. So I give it a, a B plus. You thought we were done with the coaches with complicated histories or checkered histories? Not so fast. Even in the, even in the mid-major hiring discussion, we can get into that as Will Wade is the new leader at McNeese. Uh, Wade right after his introductory press conference was already suspended from summer recruiting. And for the first five games of this coming season, as there's still a ruling that's going to come in relation to Wade's role in LSU's case, uh, where Wade was uh, caught in a wiretap talking about paying players. So will Wade has not only history, but we have more, more questions to answer about coach Wade. But with all that said, what, where do we grade will Wade as he goes to the Cowboys? Yeah, this is absolutely an A plus. You just couldn't have done better. Like, I mean, the stuff he got fired for, it's not like Chris Beard, like domestic violence. Like, the stuff he got fired for is basically illegal now. So, like, he's also got a ton of talent. Like, 
we're going to see another uh, situation where it is out talent to Southland as Northwestern State did last year, except I think this talent group is a little bit better. Like Shahada Wells has no business being in the Southland. So he's going to be really good there. Um, And it doesn't sound like Will Wade really wants to go anywhere like super fast. Like I think he's sort of committed for the short run, at least at McNeese. And yeah, this, this is amazing. So I gave an A minus due to like all the stuff outside of the court, uh, you know, that, you know, you can't really control. But as a basketball coach, I am one of the biggest Will Wade fans you will find. I loved him at LSU. Um, defensively, he was one of the best schematic coaches out there. Um, and I feel like he got a bad end of the straw there. Obviously, you know, the paying players thing, everyone does it. Um, Sean Miller does it. <laughs> well, obviously he does it, but now I, I know like everyone does it. And, you know, it was before the NIL thing became a thing. And, you know, now it's kind of required, um, unfortunately, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, I feel like this is a good spot for him. I feel like McNeese really needed him uh, more than, uh, you know, uh, Will Wade wanted to be there, but, uh, you know, it does seem like he's committed at the same time. You know, I feel like he's going to be there for a good two to three years, at least. Um, he got, uh, you know, some talent in Shahada Wells from TCU. He got the, uh, the one since Cincinnati guy, I believe the guard, I forget his name. Uh, he's pretty good. Um, you know, and I feel like he'll be definitely good on the Southland stage. So, uh, they're definitely going to be this year's version of, uh, Northwestern state in the Southland. And the, although this year I feel like ANMCC, you know, without Steve Lutz, who we'll probably get into in a little bit, is going to be a bit worse. So I feel like McNeese can probably win the conference. Uh, they can definitely, uh, are on paper, definitely going to be among the favorites. So I'm rooting for them for sure. I really like that comparison to Northwestern State. I think I think that I think that adds up. That could be really interesting to follow. But Austin, I'm at a crossroads here. I need I need to grab a bite to eat before I make my next pod appearance. I don't want to cut you. Yeah, sure. I know we're halfway through about approximately halfway through our mid major. We're at halftime of the mid major portion here. When you're looking to get into Danny Sprinkle's exit from Montana State next, and how the Bobcats moved from there. But I, I'm I need I need to run here soon, Austin. I don't know if you guys want. Do you guys want to take the two man game to the to the finish line? How do you want to play this? We could. I yeah, mean, I think we could just uh, finish it out. Well, I, I I send my regards to both of you, Kyle. It's great to meet you virtually. Awesome to have you. I hope Austin brings it right back because, uh, yeah, you're you're certain certainly. Oh, of course, are, 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 this could be are, quite are, are the quite trio. Welcome. No, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it's it's been fun, but I won't hold you guys back. I love the Bobcats. Break down Bozeman for me. I'll be listening, and uh, as far as everyone, enjoy everyone's evening. All right, sounds good. Have a good one, Dan. All right, well, you list you heard that, but we are still back with some more podcasts. Our time is not up here, as uh montana state that hired matt logie from uh believe he was uh from point loma who has uh, been a really successful d2 program i gave this one a b plus he's won the d3 level won the d2 level has a lot of assistant experience at lehigh um yeah i I just don't love where the roster is right now it's gonna be a tough climb back to where they were um another note that i a little room for skepticism is that the last point Loma coach hired was uh, Ryan Looney, who's at Idaho State, and he he's been fine, but like he hasn't been amazing. I think he's potentially underachieved, depending how you look at it. But yeah, I, I still think this is there. good hire at B plus.
Yeah, same. I, I had that a as a B, um, just because you know a lot of roster turnover and uh, we'll get in the sprinkle shortly. You know, a lot of his talent is over at Utah State, and of course, Raekwon battles at West Virginia. So uh, you know, he loses a lot. Um, but again, having somebody with a winning track record, and Montana State's been a really good program recently. Uh, they've definitely been a premier Big Sky program. They've been in the tournament pretty frequently, so. I feel like it's pretty attainable for him to to get back in there, uh, you know, especially as a guy who's from a D2 powerhouse. It's about as good as, you know, Montana State's probably going to do. Yeah. Um, New Hampshire hired Nathan Davis. I do not like this one at all. I gave it a C-minus. I was probably being nice. Um, I The C-minus part's honestly only because he did win at Becknell early on. Maybe that was because of his talent or the talent that he inherited. Maybe he used to be a good coach, but and the firing didn't make sense either. Like Harrion did not need Harrion was winning with like not that much talent. Like I don't know what the athletic department had against him. I I this probably should have been F. I just gave it a C minus to be nice. Probably should have yeah, been like I gave maybe it a C a plus. D. I was very nice on this too. I feel like. New Hampshire overachieved this year to me. Like, honestly, you know, obviously they beat Bryant when three of their players got hurt. But, I mean, still, they played well in conference play. I mean, they competed with a lot of the big dogs in the AE this year. And, you know, Clarence Daniels is one of my favorite guys, and they really developed him this year. Matt Johnson is solid. They harassed me there as well. Um, you know, I just didn't really get this at all. And then you bring in somebody from Bucknell with a losing history and it's been part of the reason they're not good anymore. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Especially, You could definitely be even stricter on this because from the athletic department standpoint, it makes zero sense. But yeah, honestly, I'll probably downgrade it to a C-. minus. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, so like, first of all, like, Harry and been there a long time. Like, if you want to move on from him, you should go after like someone young, like someone like to build the future of the program, not someone that's already proven to be like not that good of a mid-major coach already. So, none none of this made sense at all. Um, but a move that I'd I'd say this one made sense: NGIT hiring Grant Billmeyer from Maryland as an assistant. Um. Yeah, I I think I give this a solid B plus. Has worked with Kevin Willard for a long time, familiar with the area. I think it's a pretty solid hire. Same, I gave it the same grade, B plus. I feel like for NJIT they needed a new coach. That guy there was, and I watched a couple of their games. He was unbearable <laughs> to say the very least. Um, they didn't play defense. They would take very bad shots. Um, and they did have some shot creating talent. You know, I watched, they had that one shooter, the, the white kid who was really good. I forget his name. Um, I, I, I made a couple, I mean, he was a like 46% shooter. He, a lot of attempts, you could shoot the lights. They had some talent there, but I really feel like it was a coaching issue. So to bring in somebody from like Grant Bill Meyer, who, you know, NJIT isn't in the worst area either. I think they're in like Newark or something, something around that area where you can find some talent, you know, you're in, you're near, you're really, if you're in Newark, you're in between Philadelphia and New York, you know, you're right in between the two cities. So you got a lot to choose from. Uh, so, you know, bringing someone who's had experience at Kevin Willard, uh, some Seton Hall connections probably there too. 
Um, so yeah, no, I feel like it's as good as NJIT could have done here and kind of excited to see what they do from here. Yeah. After a quick search in, uh, the guy that you were thinking about is Adam Hess, I believe. Yes. Love Shot 43.4% from three on nearly good. five attempts per game. Um, I think, uh, he might be out of eligibility. I don't know. Yeah. I think he's done. Uh, he's been around for a minute. He's quite the shooter, though. I don't know what he was doing in that league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some teams could have used him for sure. <laughs> Oregon. He <clears throat> might have a year left. I don't know if he's using it or not, but right. yeah. E- either way, uh, going on to our next hire, which is Jason Hooten, uh, New Mexico State is here for a second straight off season, and but they will not be here anytime soon because Hooten is fantastic. I gave this an A. They needed to get a good hire here after how last uh, season went down. And Hooten is like the right guy. He's perfect from a culture standpoint. And from a culture standpoint, Greg Hire was the worst possible guy you could have brought in. And yeah, Hooten has never been able to quite get into the tournament, but I think that could change. Um, New Mexico State is getting back to their ways of getting talent too. They got Femio Ducale. They got Jordan Rawls. They've also got some other guys who I cannot think about. Else head, too. But... Yeah, no, they've been picking up. It's like this whole thing didn't even happen. They have all this power five talent right back at their disposal. So, um, you know, I love Jason who, and I think, you know, they kind of made Sam Houston was one of the stories of all of basketball to start the season with wins on the road at Utah and at Oklahoma. What he was doing there were, was just so impressive defensively, really good coach. Um, you know, he's had Qua Grant this year, Savion Flag. He's had some really good talent there. Um, I feel like the region hasn't been able to make it. The WAC's actually been a pretty deep conference the last two years. You know, it's been a lot of good basketball teams in that conference. And Sam Houston State was one of them. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of talent in that conference that comes from Power 5 schools. So I feel like in New Mexico State, yeah, you're still in the WAC. Um, but now in the Conference USA now, I think. Oh, they moved. Yeah, they and Sam Houston. Wow, that's that's a good move for them. I, I kind of like that. You know, it's a step up for sure. But uh, I think long term, they're cut out for it. You know, they'll definitely be able to at least not be at the bottom. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, uh, so no, I like that move for them a lot. And uh, no, Hooten's again probably the perfect guy to really just kind of rise from the ashes for what was last year and the last couple years, honestly, off the court at least. Yeah, another guy they got was uh, Brandon Suggs, who I liked. I really yeah. liked at East Carolina. He was at UCF this past year as well. He was decent, but yeah, like they they have talent, and they also got rid of like everyone that was a problem from last season. So I think it'll That's just good. be like this last year never happened. Yeah, honestly, it really feels like they did a clean sweep somehow. Yeah. Um, Nichols hired Tavon Sadler, and I gave this one a B. Um, he didn't doesn't even have like any actual like assistant experience. He was the uh, director of basketball operations at Maryland, but then all coaching grades are kind of like based on a certain uh, like based on what they can get. So I gave I was kind of high on this one a little bit because I mean Nichols has like no money like. Their head coach, who had been winning, like left to be an assistant. I mean, it, he did go to Alabama, but like 
he he was a phenomenal coach at Nichols. So like, I loved him. Yes, he 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 will be on this episode next year. Like we will be talking about who hires Austin Clanch next year. Definitely one of the most unique coaches I've seen in the country. You know, you watch Nichols play this year. You're in for a unique experience. He has an identity as a coach. Offensively, they just run, you know. And sometimes, you know, the basketball purists out there, oh, they're just running and chucking up three-point shots. But, like, at the same time, like, they have the guards and the high-octane offense to make it work. And the rest of the conference just doesn't have the defenders to really keep up with it. So it worked for them really well. Obviously, you know, when you play that fast of a pace, you're going to give up points. But, you know, defensively, you would love him to be better. But... This hire didn't really do much for me either. Um, I, I put it at a C plus, honestly. Um, sure, Nichols can't do a lot, um, but um, definitely a, a big downgrade from uh, losing that guy to Alabama. And I think he fits perfectly on Nate Oates' staff. I think Oates was really seeing what he did here at Nichols, and he can really bring another element to his offense. Um, that you know he and all and Oates is an offensive coach to begin with, and loves threes and laps. And this guy fits that personnel completely like that's his philosophy so i really feel like that hire works for alabama but nickel's definitely uh gonna miss him yeah he's he's also the youngest coach in uh college right, basketball sadler's 28 which is young so sure. and i mean clunch also probably like picked him in a way like yeah so yeah and he was a former player there i think he was a pretty good player at Nichols, so there are reasons to be excited, but like, I mean, you can't really be mad at this hire when Nichols has like no money and their yeah, coach no, is just walking bad. away to be an assistant. But yeah, um, North Carolina A and T. I wish we had Dan on still for this one because they hired Monty Ross, who was formerly at Delaware for a long tenure. Um, I gave this a B. He was kind of up and down at Delaware, kind of ended badly. Um, He's familiar with the conference, not really familiar with the region since like he's more up in like the like Delaware area, like the New England area um, Mm -hmm. more than he's familiar with North Carolina. But I I, I still think it's fine. He has a lot of head coaching experience, which is nice. So I settled on a B. Yep. That's exactly where I put it. I put it right at a B. Um, Again, up and down at Delaware, it kind of sums up Delaware. I feel like they should have been a lot better this year. Um, You know, Jameer Nelson Jr., Jair Davis, you you know, other guys that I feel like weren't terrible either in Christian Ray and, you know, guys that are former pretty big prospects uh, as far as mid-major level goes. Um, So, no, I feel like they could have been better. I don't know how much, you know, he would have played in part in that. And, you know, he's not really familiar with the region. That's what really stuck out with me. He's from Delaware. You're going all the way down the NCA and T obviously he's familiar with the conference that kind of helps, but yeah, I just put this as, you know, one of the mediocre ones, just right to B. Yeah. I still don't know why they fired Will Jones last off season. I feel like that was kind of working there. Yeah. Um, the year before last one is kind of hard to think of where, Oh yeah, no, they were, they were good in the uh, big South tourney. Yeah. They, that's when they were in the Big South and then moved to the Colonial. No, they were actually pretty good in the Big South. They beat Winthrop or some good team in that tournament. They won a game or two, I think, something. They were going somewhere, and then this year they were just so mediocre. I don't know. Obviously, they're in a transition phase, new conference and everything. So, Yeah. Um, 
Uh, North Texas hired Ross Hodge. I give us an A minus. I really like this one. He's been with McCaslin. Like he has been McCaslin's associate head coach since McCaslin was at Arkansas State. So, like you just can't really do anything different or better in this. I he should be just. He he should be just carrying on the same thing in North Texas. North Texas has got some guys this offseason too. I know they got CJ Nolan like yesterday. Um trying to think of the other guys they got, but they got some Juku guy who was really good. Jason Edwards, I think is his name. Yeah, they got like John Bugs, uh Robert Allen, so he's, mm-hmm. he's no I I liked uh, that hire a lot. I feel like Grant, the Grant McCaslin coaching tree could be something of a thing in the future. Uh, and I feel like he'll be the first member of it. So I feel like North Texas is still in a great place. I know North Texas fans have a couple of them that follow me are pretty bummed, of course. But um, to know how good Hodge will be and uh, he's already bringing in some solid talent for him. So it's about all you can ask. And, you know, with a Grant McCasland uh, assistant, you're going to overperform. Um, you know, you're going to be better than your roster says you are. Um, so, you know, their middle name is overperforming. So they should be just fine, even in the new conference. Yeah. What what grade did you give this one? So I, I gave it a uh, an A minus. Yeah. Um, let's see. The next hire will be Rick Cabrera, who is hired at Northwestern State after one year of Corey Gibson. I give this one a B plus. I'm honestly glad uh that JUCO coaches are still getting hired and that Greg hired didn't just like ruin JUCO coaches forever, which is kind of nice. Uh Cabrera obviously coming from JUCO is what which is why I say that from uh Tallahassee Community College, which has been one of the best JUCOs, has really produced some guys. Um yeah he has lots of D1 head coaching or not head coach D1 assistant coaching experience and a lot of JUCO head coaching experience. And he, he's been good at a JUCO level. So solid B plus for Cabrera. So yeah, we're deep, We're diving into the area that I don't know too well. Uh, I don't know if you want to know that I gave this an F because it was a JUCO and I don't know what this guy is. And, you know, you go from Corey Gibson to JUCO guy, you kind of think, but now that I think about it, I feel like I, I knew somebody who went to Tallahassee State and was pretty good over there. So L. Ellis look, might I, have gone hmm? there. L. Ellis, I think, went there. Yeah, and uh, Adrian Tracy, maybe. He no, he went to Florida. Somewhere. So some Florida uh, JUCO though. Yeah. He was, I forget what it was, but he was down there too. Um. So I guess if he's a good JUCO guy, then that's probably as good as Northwestern State's going to do. So um, I respect your grade for it. We'll, we'll stick with that. Not my uh, not my F. We'll leave the F to wherever else I gave uh, that other hire who was really bad from yeah, earlier. That, so. that one was really bad. <laughs> but yeah. That, that was awful. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking about Oregon, you mentioned Jadron Tracy. I, I was doing some research and saw that Northwestern State, they got Addison Patterson. That's a name oh. I have not heard in a long time. Yeah, right. I know. Blast from the past. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to see if he, he just kind of like fell off the face of the earth for like three years. Yeah, honestly. But, sometimes yeah. it can be like that. You know? mm-hmm. I think he's coming from the uh, Juco with uh, Cabrera. Right. So, you yeah. remember that guy, uh, Seventh, who used to play Seventh Woods? Uh, talk about someone who just falls off the face of the earth, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
goes from being at the bench of like North Carolina to not even playing at Morgan State or whatever. Yeah. He did have one of the best high school mix shapes of all time now. That's true. That's true. That's worth something. That's certainly yeah. worth something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Oral Roberts hired Russell Springman. Um I gave this one a B plus. I like it. He was at Texas with Rick Barnes for a long time. Also worked a little bit with uh Billy Donovan, which is always someone good to work under. Um yeah. Um, obviously you're not going to have Max Acemus anymore, but I think the program is still, uh, has some of that momentum going. And I think, uh, they just they got should. somebody too. I forget. They literally just got somebody pretty good too. Did like two, Was ago. it the international guy? No, I know they got like be... an international guy that people like. They got yeah, some... Man. They just high major somebody. rejects. I know they got like Jalen yeah. Miller and Braden Moore, who are both high major rejects. Might have been Jalen Miller. I don't know, but they have some. They actually do have some talent this year. He's done a good job of reloading. I gave him a B plus too. You know, it's just you know when you lose Paul Mills, you're losing an elite coach. You know, yeah. and uh, you just gotta plug him in with somebody who's got a lot of uh, D one experience at the Power Five level, and that's exactly what they did. So. I feel like they did as good as job as you can ask for. Yeah, they, they did get Kareem Thompson to withdraw from the portal. I don't know if that's what you might be yeah, thinking about. I don't I forget <laughs> the guy's name. I have to look. I might look right now. I'll get back to you if I find out. All right. Well, we're going to move along to another hire that I did not like, which was Quinnipiac hiring Tom Picora. I don't know what they were doing with this one, honestly. Like, uh, Baker Dunleavy left, and they just, like, hired without making a search, and I think people would have won this job. And instead, right. you have a guy that's proven to be, like, not that good of a D1 head coach. Um, He has experience, but still definitely one of my least favorite hires of the cycle. Yeah. Where was he coach at again? He, he was an assistant. Like, they just, like... Dunleavy left, and it's like, well, you're the head coach now. Like, in yeah, like, he had some good assistant experience on paper. It's why I gave him a high grade. But you probably know more about him than I do. <laughs> um, I gave him a V plus just because CBS made it look like it was this great hire. Honestly, like the Matt Norlander article was kind of weird with some of the rankings, so I kind of went off his research on that one. Uh, with Tom Pacora, uh, I didn't love Dunleavy. I feel like he did a good job this year. Um, they kind of underperform though at the same time. And well, I think Patrick Gardner's a matchup problem for anybody. Um, but you know, they didn't really have a center at all. So he was a matchup nightmare for them. And, you know, I, I definitely could, and they struggle with Marist in the regular season. So that upset didn't entirely shock me. Although I did have Quinnipiac far in my Metro Atlanta conference tournament. Um, but you know, I feel like, uh, now that you're saying it a little bit, it's not as great of a hire as I thought. Dunleavy was just nothing. He's at Villanova now, isn't he? He's yeah, he's like your like general manager. Yeah, so, yeah, he's in some weird NIL position now, actually. So he's over there. Um, so I guess it is kind of a big loss. I'll, I'll give him a B minus, honestly. Yeah. Also, probably not the best thing about the program when Baker Dunley would rather like raise money for NIL than coach at Quinnipiac. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's not like something you see from a head coach. He's gonna go from a head coaching position to an NIL position. That was definitely took me a bit by surprise too. 
Um, but yeah, Sam Houston State that hired Chris Mudge, uh, kind of similar to Ross Hodge situation, just kind of hiring the guy that's been there forever, and it was the it was the right hire. Um, probably not gonna like change much systematically. Uh, honestly, like with this one, I I'm just gonna wait for next year because he's gonna they're both gonna be in conference USA, Sam Houston State and New Mexico State, and we're gonna see him face off against Houston, so. That that'll be must cool. watch television. Yeah, no, I, I gave it a B. You know, with those replacements in house, it's kind of hard to say, especially when they're part of the same coaching tree. They have a lot of the same uh, characteristics. You know, they know each other's sets and all those kind of things. So you kind of have to learn about who the coach is over the years before you can really say, uh, you know, especially from the same coaching tree being under someone for so long, and we don't really have anything really to go off of. Uh, for guys like this. So, uh, you know, just give them a medium grade and hope it ages well. And I feel like it will. Um, Hooten definitely uh, put a good foundation in place for Sam Houston going forward. Yeah. Next one, we have South Florida who hired Amir Abdurrahim. And this is my last A plus of the day. You just can't get any better than this. He just turned Kansas State into one of the worst teams in D1 to like, a team that nearly won a game in a tournament. So he's he's a phenomenal coach. Was in the mix at Georgia Tech, I know. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can't give this one an A+. I mean, he's getting all the respect he deserves and has been deserving for a, a little bit now. You know, what he did with a small team, you know, they didn't really have any big men. They were scrappy on the glass. And I just love his offense, you know. Um don't really have a ton of set plays really, but he makes sure he gets his right personnel so they can really space the floor and just, they can create their own shots. All of them are great shot creators. You know, they all space the floor out. They let each other create. They don't clog up the lane. I, I love that. And that's why they were so hard to guard. Xavier couldn't, uh, granted, Xavier can't defend anybody, but last year, but you know, they couldn't not guard them. And, you know, Kennesaw just went ice cold those last couple minutes, and that always hurt. But, you know, what he's done bringing most of those guys to South Florida with him, um, Chris Youngblood, other guys, and they also brought in some uh, other Atlantic Sun guys like Jose Placer, who I love. Uh, he's there as well from North Florida. So I, I feel like – and they just got somebody the other day too. Um, they're Malik still getting Yep. Uh, he's somebody from Ole Miss, correct? Yes. One of their they didn't play much days. their freshman, but was like top 100. So right, you know, I mean, you just take a waiver on him, and uh, especially with Abdur Rahim, who's not huge on big men, it's good to see him finally go out and get a big. You know, so uh, you know, I feel like South Florida is going to do really well in the American this year. I definitely feel like they're going to compete right away. Yeah, weaker American too, so that gives more uh, of an of opportunity course. to uh, contend. They'll be top four, top five. I don't see why they want to be. Yeah. Um, Southern hired Kevin Johnson. Um, I gave this one a B minus. Um, his he had some head coaching experience like uh, two decades ago, and his last season was three and twenty four, which is not ideal. But also, that's been two decades ago, and like he's coming off of working with Ron Hunter, who I like really like, and he he just knows the area like. He spent a lot of time in Louisiana. So I'll give this one a solid B minus. 
Yeah, I, that's the reason I gave it a B. Um, I don't really know why Southern fired their coach. I mean, they were a pretty consistent team the last couple of years in uh in that conference. Yeah, they choked in the conference tourney, but they were in the they were in the swack and everything's run through Norfolk State. You know, it's just it's always going to be that way. Oh well, now that Joe Bryant Jr. is gone, I think it might not be. So that's good. I believe um, Norfolk. Folk State isn't a MIAC. Oh, yeah. But no, use that. It's, it's Texas Southern is the one that kind of oh, goes yeah. to tournament. It's another year. one of those teams that yeah. just it's the dominates. Same right. You know, HBCU. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So I just uh, I definitely feel like they should have kept them. Um, but that's just me saying that. Um, uh, as far as this hire goes, yeah, it stood out to me. He was with Ron Hunter in Tulane for a little bit, so he knows the Louisiana area well. Um, so that's important. There's definitely some talent to be had down there, especially in the Mississippi area too, uh, the Gulf area to begin with, eastern Texas as well. So um, for hires like that, I feel like at the smaller mid-major levels, you just got to get the guys that are familiar with the region. That's the most mm -hmm. important thing to me. Yeah. Um. Well, it's interesting you say that because our next hire is Rob Jeter from Southern Utah, who, as far as I'm concerned, has no connection to the region at all. Yeah, um, I think I had that too. Yeah. yeah, I gave this one a C because I think he's like a decent coach, but like this is a terrible fit, I think. Like he's, he's a fine coach. Like he was, I think he overachieved the past season at Western Illinois, uh, given they didn't really have any talent outside of Massner. Um, but yeah, like he's just not a Utah guy. Like, I don't know that he's ever been like in this part of the United States. So it's yeah, a little that odd stood out me too. Um, that's why I gave it a B minus. I probably should have been even stricter on it. Cause I don't really love him as a coach, especially when it comes to defense. Defensively, they were just an absolute mess. They did overperform last year. No question about that. They had some really good guards, though, outside of Massner, too, that I did like. Um, so they did have some talent as far as the Summit League went. I, I felt like I feel like they were kind of disrespected a little bit in the preseason. But, no, I definitely feel like it just makes no sense for Southern Utah to really grab someone from the Summit League who was in the middle of the pack. Like, right, Simon did such a good job, and, you know, that's who you're going to replace him with. It's And – and they're coaching wise, like they're a lot alike. They're offensive coaches. They love the run and gun, but except you're getting like those same kind of coaches, except not from your region and from a much worse conference. So you're really downgrading in, you know, the competition level because the whack is a pretty big step up from the Summit League, in my opinion. Like I think it's a pretty significant step up, especially in terms of depth. Like the Summit League is not deep anymore at all. Um, so, you know, I definitely, I just, this hire made no sense to me. I gave it a B minus cause he did technically overachieve this year, but I do have question marks about him as a coach a little bit. And I think, you know, obviously region wise as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was also like solid <clears throat> for a decade at Milwaukee, but like, that's true. Yeah, It's just like such an odd fit that I, that's why I couldn't go any higher than a C yeah. could have gone lower, but I think he's just like a decent enough coach. That he's just right. Yeah. I gave him some benefit of the doubt, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is a hire that you'll probably have some insight on temple hired Adam Fisher 
who, I mean, I don't think it's like this isn't a bad hire, but like, why did you not hire Matt Langle? Yeah, you know, like, that's what people are gonna say. You know, like that's just that's my first thought. Like, yeah, like Fisher's fine, but like Langle was like they they should have hired Langle, and it's probably like diminishing my take on Fisher because I think Fisher's fine. Like he was an associate head coach at Penn State the past few years under Shrewsbury. Worked at Miami under Naga for a solid amount of time. So, like, he, he has some solid experience. I just keeps being brought down by the fact that Adam Fisher is not Matt Langle. Yeah, I feel like it's a bit unfair for him. Yeah, I will say that. Um, I give him a B-plus because I really love his background. Um, especially if you dig deeper into it. Um, you know, he recruited Isaiah Wong from the Philly area. Again, Isaiah Wong was another guy had front row – he played against me in the Catholic league. He's I think a year older than me. Um, so, you know, I got to see him play a lot and, and he really recruited well from that area for Jim Laranega. He also helped recruit Wugu Poplar, who's from math, physics and sciences, one of the schools in Philly around here as well. So he obviously has a really good eye for talent. So as far as, you know, and that's been the thing with Aaron McKee and Temple is Aaron McKee didn't recruit from Philly. That's what a lot of people don't know. He recruited from New Jersey with Khalif Battle. Uh, Damian Dunn, as I think, from like North Carolina or something. Yeah, it's just it was he was really weird recruiting wise. And Temple is like they're known as the Philly school. You know, they need to get that identity back. And Adam Fisher is I know Matt Langle. Didn't he play at Temple? Right. Um, he has some I, really big connection with Temple that I'm just forgetting. Like that's also the reason he was on Temple's radar is because he had some connection with them. He's obviously an amazing coach, um, you know. But he played at uh, Penn, it looks like. Oh yeah, I know his connections with the city too. Matt Langle would have given you that pipeline too for sure. Um, but Adam Fisher, especially you know nowadays, you know he's really in tune with the talent in Philly. He's a really good consolation prize for Temple. They could have gone a lot worse. And getting Aaron McKee out of there was really good, too, because he was not a good coach at all. Yeah, I gave that one a B. Not sure if I said that yet. But Texas A&M Corpus Christi to hire Jim Shaw, which I also gave a B. Um, I think it's solid. Um, The uh, internal move is kind of usually the way to go once a coach takes a promotion elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Shaw has been an assistant D1 coach for a while. He, but they, this offseason was not great. Like they lost some guys to the portal that he would have liked to keep, but still giving it a B. Like he, I really like Lutz, so that kind of just kind of, that's right. kind of why I gave it a of B. Of course, same. I gave it, I think a B minus, uh, you know, just cause I love Lutz and, you know, obviously the Western Kentucky segment we'll have will be great. Um, but you know, if, as for AM Corpus Christi, uh, I still feel like there'll be a respected program in the Southland. I don't think they're just going to nosedive to the bottom of the, that conference or anything like that. They'll still be in the middle of the pack and pretty respectable. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, they definitely lost, you know, they lost Mashila to New Mexico. Uh, you know, they lost a lot of their core guys, so that's going to hurt. Um, but, um, you know, they just got to kind of stay in house again. Uh, you know, they can't really take the risk of not having a coach like right now, imagine um, uh, where they'd be as a program without a coach right now. So, you know, they have to fill that pretty soon so they can, you know, get working on building a roster. 
Yeah. Um, UT Arlington hired KT Turner, and I am a fan of this one. He has uh, really worked at a lot of good jobs. Uh, he's worked under coaches such as like John Calipari, Larry Brown, Shaka Smart, Greg Marshall, Porter Moser. And he's already got some guys like he got like Philip Russell, like which was like for great pickup for UT Arlington. He might right. have to sit this year, but still, like yeah. that, that's a it's a great get at that level. And mm-hmm. I think like he's really gonna get some talent to UT Arlington. Yeah, that was a hire I really liked. I put it a, a, a B plus. Um, I feel like UT Arlington definitely needed a new coach after last year. Um, they used to be a pretty good program a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and then they um, fired Scott Cross for no reason. Yeah, I feel like that was – yeah, I remember we talked about that maybe in chat once or twice about another program that shouldn't have fired their coach to begin with. Yeah, and that, that was – themselves in a whole loop. Um, so it looks like they're writing the ship now. Um, they got Philip Russell in. Uh, obviously they lost, uh, Weaver to, uh, Texas. So, uh, but that's a loss you could sacrifice if you're bringing in Philip Russell and get this waiver situated with, and they have some other young talent on there too. Um, I watched them a little bit last year. Um, so they have some upside there and they're usually a pretty good program and they're in Texas. So like they have all, they have a lot of talent at their disposal in that state. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like the, the Dallas, uh, metro area is pretty rich with talent, so oh, of course, I, mm-hmm. I expect him to tap into more of that talent For and sure. just nationwide talent. Obviously, the way he's recruited the portal more than uh, their previous coaches did. So, yeah, a minus for Turner. Um, moving to another hire that I'm really fond of, uh, Danny Sprinkle has been hired by uh, Utah State. I gave this an A. He had been great at Montana State and has been getting his guys to Utah State so far. Um, a little bit of a step up in competition, but like it's uh, still the same kind of area geographically, so that won't be a big change for him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I think he'll be almost as good, maybe just as good as Ryan Odom has been. Yeah, I gave him an A minus. Um, did a great job at Montana State. That was a program that didn't really do a whole lot till he got there. I feel like you know I didn't really ever really heard of him until he came in. And uh, yeah, he's had a great portal uh, season. Uh, obviously, my favorite Josh Aduje. Um, love Aduje so much. Um, I feel like he's probably going to be one of, if not their best player. I feel like he was a power five player to begin with. Um, and you six, six combo guard, create his own shot, elite defender, uh, you know, watching a lot of coastal Carolina's games, you know, so I seen a lot of what he can do. And he was one of the few guys on that team who actually played defense. So, um, that's something that also gives me some optimism there that, uh, Utah state can maybe become more of a defensive team, maybe under, uh, cause Montana state was a pretty good defensive team, even in big sky play. So maybe they can kind of change their identity a little bit so i feel like utah state will be pretty good middle of the pack mountain west you know they won't be obviously an attorney picture to share anything but uh you know they'll be they'll be competitive as always utah state's always going to be a tough atmosphere to play in one of you know the best in all in major basketball um and they're always going to be a respected basketball school and they certainly upheld that with this hire yeah, Utah State is, I would consider, more of a basketball school. And until you say that, I didn't even realize that they got Uduje. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know that, but I know they got a lot of other guys. Like, they got 
Darius Brown, Montana State's point Brown. guard. Uh, they also got Great Sobor, who was like their Montana uh, State's really good backup big. They got uh, they got that one uh, D two guard too. Yeah, right? Javon that... Jackson. Javon Jackson is good. He he sent he Northwest so nice. Missouri State home this year. He he is good. He can really play as good size for his uh. I feel uh, like Mount was... West will be interesting this year. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of players that, you know, are from D2 with Wyoming and Utah. Mm-hmm. Wyoming is that guy. He's good. Right. You know, um, there's going to be a lot of guys that even the Mount West community hasn't heard of. And, you know, Utah mm-hmm. State and Wyoming won't drop off as far as, you know, people think. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Wyoming won't. You know, they'll, they'll, they got work mm-hmm. to do. They'll, they'll be back. But they'll yeah, Utah State also got like Max Hagman Polo has the potential to be good. Oh yeah, that's Jackson right. Grant, former McDonald's All American, he maybe has potential. They got Nigel Burris, the Big Sky Rookie of the Year. It's some talent from the portal that he can really sure. work with, and I think with as good of a coach as he is, he can put it together. Um, not ideal that he has like no one returning, but I, I think he Tim really Miles. has some. Tim Miles yeah. has been done dirty. Uh, they're probably going to be the San Jose State of this year, honestly. You know, really overperform expectations, yeah. um, things like that. So, yeah, I I could see that happening, like in the you know, like top hundred range, but like not quite tournament yeah. range. Yeah, exactly. I, I could I could definitely see that happening. Um, staying within the state, Utah Valley, they hired Todd Phillips, who is a uh, Someone that is absolutely familiar with the area spent uh, quite a bit at Salt Lake Community College, which uh, they're they're one of the best JUCOs. Like they they send right. guys to D ones. Like they Jeez. sent like trying to think of some guys they had. Um, I guess that's a little off topic, but I know they they sent a guy to Mississippi State. They had like ten D one guys last year, so like Jeez. that that says a lot. But yeah, he's been the associate head coach yeah. past three years, so. Solid B plus for me. I I think he'll be good in Utah Valley, for sure. Yeah, I gave him a B plus as well. Uh, I have a lot of Utah Valley followers, so they've told me a little bit about him. Um, I feel like he's gonna be you know, about as good a successor as you can hope for from Mark Masson. And and they've gotten a good amount of talent. I've seen they've gotten some guys that they're slipping my memory right now. Um, they got uh the one dude from BYU who's actually who was a rotational guy for them and he looked really good. Um, uh Tulson? Yeah. Tolson looked pretty solid. Um he'll definitely be good on the whack level. Um and they got some other guys too. Uh so Utah Valley is always gonna bring in talent. Um they've they become like you know a mid major prep school kind of <laughs> you know so they, they bring in a lot of talent. That'll never be an issue for them and they're definitely a team I would love to see in the tournament in the near future. They need to end that drought at some point, man. Yeah. Um, Valpo hiring Roger Powell. I give this a B plus. He uh, knows Valpo very well. Spent a lot of time there under Bryce Drew when he was there. Uh, also has some uh, experience at Vanderbilt. That was a pretty disastrous tenure, but st- still is a high major experience, which counts for something. And then he was at Gonzaga, so. That that mm-hmm. counts for more. Yeah, so, I remember uh, the Norland yeah. article did not have good things to say about him. I think he was one of the guys. They were like, "Oh, it's a weird hire. Or didn't make any sense." They need. I think he had to be uh, had to have religious background or something. Valpo is a pretty religious school, I believe, and that was part of the reason they hired him. 
Um, but uh, if he had this coaching experience that they didn't really put on there, uh, especially under Bryce Drew, um, you know, it's, that's a pretty good experience. Um, you know, Valpo definitely needed a revamp of source, not just with their logo. <laughs> yeah. So they, and they're, they're the beacons now. So yeah. I think they always were, but no, they were the, the Crusaders. The, yeah, That's they right. The Crusaders. Now they got this it. whole new logo and, you know, they, they need to really re- rehash the entire program. And I think they're doing, they're starting to do that. Um, because they've actually had some talent come through there recently with Ben Creek and, uh, uh, Kobe King, I believe he was. Yeah. Yes, no, he, he was, was pretty yeah. good too. Um, uh, the guys like that, you know, the Missouri Valley has been very good recently, of course. So, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it should definitely be uh, becoming less competitive soon. So, like, I feel like Valpo can take a bit of a step up, uh, maybe in the long term. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, Drake will obviously still be good, but I feel like they can move conferences kind of soon. Like, I don't know how much longer they're going to be in the Missouri Valley. <laughs> um schools like that right so i i feel like they did a good job with that hire i give him i give him a b yeah um i hired i really like is vcu hiring ryan odom we obviously just talked about him uh, leaving utah state but yeah he, he he's always been a east coast guy more than a utah state guy i think he just kind of took utah state because it was open it's still a good job obviously but he, he was really looking to come back to the East Coast this offseason, and he got probably the best possible job in VCU. Um, he's going to be a high major soon, but the uh, job he's done with the roster after uh, Rhodes kind of left at Barron after he left, uh, Odom has just kind of rebuilds it back up. And I don't think to, like, skip a beat. Like, obviously, you have different guys, but I think that team is, like, going to be just as good as, as some so yeah and the fact that he was able to get Bearstone and Shluga to follow him which I didn't really think would happen because it was a cross-country move uh so you know to see them follow him is really good for their program because they're two players I like a lot um so uh, and then he's gonna probably fill out the rest of the roster uh with some good east coast talent too he's really familiar with the Maryland area from his time at UMBC of course so uh, he'll probably dip into the DMV a little bit when it comes to talent, but they'll fill out that roster in no time. And I feel like they still have some talent from Mike Rose. Isn't Fermin still there, right? Yeah, him, uh, Fatch Billups stuck yeah, around yeah. too. I, see, I thought Penn State was going to get Fermin, but he'd never hit the portal, I don't think. And uh, we got Faber, Faber Iyer instead. So no, Fermin, I think, is still there. So yes, he is. Guy. And they also got like Joe Bamasil, who. Probably oh yeah. yeah, probably won't be eligible, but right, he is maybe yeah. good down the road. They got some international guys who are supposedly really good. They got Kwani uh, Kwani from oh. Cal. <laughs> they got Jason Nelson from Richmond. So okay. yeah, very solid class overall. For sure, for sure, they'll be pretty good in the A10 for sure. Not um, yeah. conference good, but they'll be good. Western Illinois hired Chad Boudreau, who is uh, just kind of the Rob Jeter replacement, was the associate, so they just elevated him instead of doing a national search. Um, yeah, I give this a B. I think it's fine. Like, he's been with Jeter for a long time, and it's uh, the program isn't going to change. Yeah. yeah, I gave it a C+. Um, you know, I just 
that just comes from what I kind of said about Jeter earlier, even though I gave Jeter a decently high grade for some reason. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. It's definitely a bit of a downgrade from Jeter. And, you know, he's probably, you know, the same. Yeah, they're not, they don't play any defense. So the Western, and that's just a lot of the teams in the Summit League, South Dakota and Western Illinois, they don't play any defense at all. And I would love to find a coach, you know, up there and get him in to, you know, kind of change the culture of that. Cause I feel like, you know, uh, they definitely need like some kind of culture change and they're not going to win without playing defense. Um, it's just that simple. Yeah. Um, moving to our next hire, which we've been alluding to for some time is Steve Lutz getting hired by the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Western Kentucky finally has a coach that can coach. Rick Stansbury could recruit, but could not coach. So that is a big upgrade right there. Um, yeah, if you don't, if you get talent but can't win with it, it's kind of pointless. Like I was saying with Hodgson, like, yeah, he can recruit. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be like a Stansbury, but like, he, he needs to show he can actually coach, which, like, that was Stansbury's big flaw. And Steve Lutz is like, can really coach. He, for sure. He's a phenomenal hire. He's really worked under some great coaches' assistants, been a head coach for two years, made two tournaments. Can't get any better than that. Um, yeah, he, he's also got some talent. He got like Brandon Newman. Um Love Brandon got some Newman. other guys. That's that's a good thing. He was like good at Purdue. Yeah, I feel like, you know, he kind of got buried by Matt Painter at Purdue a lot of his time there. I feel like he should have been a starter. Um, but you know, he was definitely behind a lot of good guards in his tenure and uh didn't really have the big role. Even the year before, he sat the bench a lot and then he came off the bench against us, I remember, and dropped like 15 points. I'm like, who is this guy? And, you know, and he wasn't playing for a while. So I, I'm really looking forward to him to getting a consistent opportunity under Steve Lutz and to start and be one of their featured guys. So it's going to be cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. What grade did you uh, give? So to I Lutz? gave Steve. I gave Steve an A. I, I don't know how you don't give him an A, especially coming from Rick Stansbury, of all people. Yeah. Um, You know, it was probably a bottom five, bottom three coach in all of college basketball to most people you ask. Um, So, and you bring in somebody with Steve Lutz who's done it with talent. And he's done it without talent, too. Like, he, he doesn't need talent to win. I mean, he's proven that uh, down in the Southland. Um, he's elevated a lot of decent rosters to tournament level teams. Um, and that's the kind of coach Western Kentucky needed. Um, they will always get talent. They're a big mid-major brand. They're obviously in play for a lot of talent in the Kentucky area. So, I mean, they're going to, especially, you know, Calipari's not getting any of it. So uh, <laughs> they'll get some, you know, uh, and uh, Kenny Payne sure ain't getting any of it. So, uh, well, He'll get some of it, but not any of the good talent. So, um, you know, Western Kentucky will always have talent at their disposal. And uh, Steve is for sure going to finally get somebody that uh, can translate that talent into winning, hopefully. Yep. Uh, two more coaching hires to do. Almost done. But Wish State hired Paul Mills. I'll give this a B plus. I really like what Mills has done recently, but I haven't really seen how he can do without Ace Miss. He hasn't really done good without him. But I think I think over the past few years he's kind of figured out how to coach like overall. So I, I do like this one, but a little bit 
pessimistic because Ace Miss was like really good and they don't have someone like him. But he's just such an upgrade from Isaac Brown. Isaac Brown was terrible. <laughs> Isaac Brown killed that program. Uh, of course. And they had a lot of talent um, that he buried last year, year before. Like you could have argued they had a tournament roster and I wouldn't have gotten mad at you at all. Like they definitely have tournament level talent top to bottom and they still will this year. So um, they got a, you know, I think they got an upgrade in Paul Mills. That's for damn sure. I, I gave him an A probably, like you said, you bring up some good points. We've never really seen him without, Max Acemus, who's obviously a transformative player. He'll transform a program. I mean, for crying out loud, now he's at Texas. So, I mean, you know, they obviously believe in Acemus a lot. And it'll be interesting to see how they do without him. Um, Wichita has brought in some decent guys. Uh, obviously, uh, they brought in the dude from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's him, uh, and they bought in some other guys. They bought in Jacob Germany, who I like, um, yeah. from UTSA. Yeah, like, like, uh, Harlan um, Beverly. Harlan Beverly, too. Yeah, that was their big pickup that I was forgetting. Um, but they have some couple notable pickups, plus some returners, I think. Uh, isn't Potno returning or what? Potno, uh, Poto, yes, he is. He uh, withdrew from Rojas, the too, right? Um, I He's don't know if he has, I don't know how much eligibility he has. But they will have Colby Rogers, who will be eligible this year after he had to sit out last year. He was like one of the waivers that was denied. Okay. So he what? Was he, he was a Sienna transfer. Oh, okay. Oh, he, you know, he can shoot. Okay. So, yeah, no, uh, there's definitely rooms for optimism there. And I think they'll be like right next to South Florida in the American. I think they'll be right there, Um, you know, neck and neck with them. Um, And We'll see who's better between those two. It'll be some great coaching matchups in that conference for sure. And I think night and day between Isaac Brown. So I gave that an A. Yep. Um, absolutely. And our last hire is a little bit of a boring one to end it because it's like an interim being promoted. It is Wofford uh, elevating yeah. Dwight Perry after uh, Jay McGully got fired uh, midseason, which... I don't know. I don't know that they should have done that, but I mean, it was something behind the scenes that I don't really have any info on, but yeah, I'd give us a B. He was solid. Like he, uh, he was part of the staff that turned Furman around with Nico Medved. So I think, I think it was the right move to make. So yeah, yeah solid B. I was a bit lower on it. I gave it a C. I, I feel like Wofford had a lot of talent last year. You obviously have Pavletsky, you have BJ Mack. And you have some other guys around him that were, I mean, besides those two, yes, it does drop off. But at the same time, they definitely peaked early on when they beat A&M. And then they go into conference play and they just completely, I mean, they did well in the conference tournament. Don't get me wrong, but regular season conference play was a disaster. Um, you know, they should have been, I think, definitely better. So I, I don't, I'm not huge on how strong the SOCON is. I don't think it's, really that good outside of like Furman um you know obviously WCU Western Carolina was pretty solid um I feel like Wofford has been was disappointing last year to me but again I guess you know you just got to plug in somebody you know and uh this guy does have some experience outside of uh mid-major realm so that's kind of good um i just yeah it's just not normal uh not seeing wofford in the tournament you know right you're so used to it 
Um, so they just got to get back to that uh, standpoint. But uh, now you got a big dog and firm in the worry about. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to take them down. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wraps up all of our coaching grades. Once Charlotte fills, we will do a separate grade on that whenever the next podcast is. Hopefully, it's filled by next week. I think yeah, it could be. Yeah, you, you would think. You they're, they're probably going to try to get that. I don't think their coach moving. shouldn't have even been fired. That kind of he, did, he didn't get fired. He just, like, left oh, he just to did. be the Virginia assistant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I, I 100% see why Tony Bennett went after him. His defense was so good. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's where he was before, so he probably just wouldn't uh, – he probably right. like They just got to find better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but that that's like a good job, like moving into the uh, AAC. North Carolina area. It's a pretty populous area too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some talent in North Carolina for sure, obviously. Um, yeah. So that's um, a good job for sure. Yeah, well, that wraps up the podcast. Any final thoughts about anything? Um, I feel like we got, again a lot of a lot of programs did a good job in this hiring cycle. Like you probably compare it to years past, and definitely a lot better than years past, where t- programs just had no idea what they're doing with hires. So um, I really only had like two bad grades in my whole thing, which I feel like is pretty good out of fifty-eight teams I have here. So, um, you know. Definitely good to see some programs turning it around because uh, that's something I love to see. Mm-hmm. And and the ones with bad grades were kind of like programs that you'd expect to like not yeah, care. Like Incarnate Word, like right. nah. they're not gonna care about that. <laughs> no. They never really have. They don't have the funding to. So no. they, they're handcuffed. <laughs> yeah. Well, if any of the listeners made it through this whole episode, make sure to give us a good review. Apple Podcasts, give us a. Like on YouTube, give us all those good ratings. Drop drop us a follow on our social medias, Hoopscoop Media, Instagram, Twitter. Give uh, Kyle at Mid Major Basketball, no spaces or anything like that on Instagram. A follow, and you know, CBB. <laughs> you know, I think uh, we can make this a three person podcast from now on. I think the hey, uh, I would love to the, do te- it. the test run went pretty good, so. We yeah, can uh, found our trio for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, hey, it was a pleasure. Yeah, well, we will be back next week, hopefully with another episode. Uh, we'll, 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 we will not be uh, talking about coaching hires unless the Charlotte one gets filled. But we will find something to talk about. I think the uh, the U19 uh, team roster, like the actual cut list, will be announced by then. I believe for sure. I think maybe so. Kentucky episode. Yeah, we uh, will have to <laughs> talk a lot more about Get them. Juicy. <laughs> All, All right. right. Hey, been a pleasure. Oh. I'll see you. Yeah.